You are listening to the podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 114 for the week of July 14th, 2013. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the podcast of Ice and Fire, the longest-running podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series and occasionally HBO's Game of Thrones TV series. As always, this is Mimi. This is Amin. And this is Kyle. 114 episodes. You guys probably touched on this in number 113, um, the fifth Guys Guys Night Out. That's insane that you guys have done five of those episodes, by the way. Um, But... (laughs) Did you guys talk about the number of subscribers we have? I think we briefly talked about it, but why don't you go over it again since you're here and you want to hear your... Oh, well, apparently it's uh, taken us, you know, the better part of five years to figure out how to do it, but um, we've finally been able to gather the data to find out how many active subscribers we have, and we've crossed 8,000 subscribers, so that is really exciting to us because I've been long hypothesizing that about 10 people listen to us on a regular basis, so... um, (laughs) That's really exciting, and just, you know, thank you to every listener who's uh, hasn't unsubscribed from us yet. So wait, where did these numbers come from? Well, we have, uh, I put a plugin in there that, that tracks the, the number of people that are subscribed, and I also have, like, uh, this other, like, well, that's one thing, that's not that's total people subscribed, so that includes people who download from the site, or they download in iTunes and whatever. So we and wait, subs- subscribe to iTunes? To the RSS feed. So some are in our RSS feed. Okay. Some aren't. Um, but what I also do is I, I whenever I post the direct like on the website because when we have eight thousand subscribers, about a thousand go and download from the website directly, and the rest are subscribed in whatever program. The thousand that download from the site, I can also see where they download from, and it's pretty cool. You get to see they download from like all these different countries in Europe and South America and in Asia. So you can see that statistics is it's all over the world now. Have we hit Antarctica yet? No, it's never come up. Ah, damn it. <laughs> come on, you listeners in Antarctica. You guys, Some, well, somebody in the forum, I remember, voted that. Like, maybe they're just not showing up on there, or they're they're not downloading off the website. Directly. Or they were lying. <laughs> Could be. They're smuggling but, um, them down there on USB drives. To listen. Yeah, we need to email an iPod down there. Like that guy we had who wrote the review about how a bunch of iPods arrived in his village, and he listened to yeah. us. <laughs> What a terrible thing to get on an iPod is just <laughs> our podcast. Like, I mean, I'm hoping there was other cool stuff on there, not just like, here's this device only with podcast device and fire episodes. Um, it was an old but no, I mean, 8,000 is great. But and I, I think, I mean, like at some point we'd hit like 13,000 or something like total I or so. something. I, I, I don't understand. I think that's the, the total that have been subscribed, but since I was tracking this, so it's kind of variable right now, the um, total amount, but. But that's that's really cool. So thank you guys for listening, continuing to listen, and um, especially to new listeners who found us um, through watching the show. That's pretty much. I just sent really you the link that uh, shows some of the downloads that from by, by country right now. So if you take a look at that, we have a lot of people in the states, but uh, thirteen hundred, not thirteen thousand. No, this is this is the no we, the thirteen thousand was separate. That's in the other program. Oh. This oh. is just like people who mainly downloaded Guys Night Out. 1,330 1, people manually downloaded it off the site. They, they went manly to the site. downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were manly about it too. And, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna download it, this so manly. Uh. You can see like 47 people came directly from Boiled Leather to download it there, and then. Oh, that's really cool. And then so you see that so we have people in Brazil. We have 24 people downloaded in Brazil. 34 in Australia. Nine in New Zealand. 56 why in is, Germany. Why is there an abnormally large number of Windows users? Because they're smart. Because okay. everyone is terrible. <laughs> Finland, 17. UK, 114. No no Asian listeners for this episode, though. 
Well, for for the Better direct downloads, because Asian people are they're more high tech. They actually have it in their iTunes or whatever. <laughs> Good blanket statement. Asian people are all high tech. Yeah. They all use a podcast. So they're more high. Tech. We uh, should definitely get a girls' night out soon. I think we're trailing like several episodes behind you guys. Well, you got to get on it, Mimi. That's your your job. Do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not required to do that right away. You can do it whenever you want, but it's not like you have to get the next episode. You guys have exhausted all the possible topics. Yeah. Literally every possible topic <laughs> yeah. to ever discuss regarding Song of Ice and Fire. You guys have already just killed all of them. Well, I, I know that you don't usually listen to the episodes you're not in, Mimi, but you should really listen to <laughs> Guys Night Out 5. Like, it was a good episode. We talked about Queen Sansa's potential counsel, and we made it like all women. So. This is a good episode. <laughs> you should listen to this episode. We talked about women. No, I mean, I, I definitely should. I I think so. Um, I just really only want to listen if Elio's on it. So. Elio bailed on us yeah. last time. He loved Unwisely. So. Yeah. <laughs> Truly disappointing. But uh, was Alex on it? Yeah, Alex. Um, who was there? So it was Alex, Fabio, and um, Sean joined us from Boiled Leather. Okay, good group. All right, well, I guess we're going to go ahead and get started with um, with this week's episode. Feels like a while since I've been on one of these, of course. Um, hey, did you guys talk about the new um, the re-releases of the um, Duncan Egg graphic novels? No, we haven't talked about that. Do tell. I just wanted to see if you guys touched on that. Um, so apparently the graphic novels for the first two Duncan Egg adventures, The Hedge Knight and The Sworn Sword, um, they've been really, really difficult to find over the past couple of years um, since the Marvel Comics editions. They, I guess they went out of print. Um, and I know I was looking for these in particular online on Amazon, and they were just like insane, exorbitant prices. Um, but apparently, I guess Jet City Comics... Um, is going to go ahead and, and republish them. So, and they're also doing ebook versions for the Kindle, which is really exciting because I don't think they've ever been like electronic versions of the comics. Um, but I think it's really good that they're re-releasing them because I know a lot of people haven't been able to read Dunkin Egg because they either don't want to purchase the full anthology that they can they're contained within, or um, they haven't been able to find the graphic novel. I don't. I think the graphic novel is actually a pretty good substitute for the book. I mean, although I think everyone should read the novellas, but I think the really just the um, amount of information you get from the graphic novels and how true they stay to the material is is really good. So, and you get Dunk's package. And you get Dunk's package. You don't even have to visualize it in your mind. <laughs> you can just look at it, and it's great. Now, what did, what did I hear about them? Uh, they got the crew back together, and they're going to do the third one now. For what? For uh, for oh, yeah. Mystery Night. They're going to do a Mystery Night oh, yeah. in graphic novel form, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so um, Mike Miller is doing the art again, which is good because if they switch artists, like for the third one, it would be ridiculous. Um, he's done such a good job on the first two. Um, I don't, I it'd think. Be, uh, it'd be like I going to John I, Lee after Roy Detrice. It's just terrible. I actually been in contact with Mike Miller before. Yeah. Um, like, this is this like a year or two ago. Let me contact him again. Like, he seemed interested in being on the podcast, but apparently he has five kids and he's really busy, like at home. Like, it's Aww. hard for him to schedule a time. Well, we're a very family-oriented podcast. Let him know that. <laughs> Absolutely. You let him know. The kids can join in, too. Um, yeah, no, I really want to see the Mystery Night in graphic novel form. I think it's going to be really, really good. I just have a feeling that just the, so, the whole, like, 
hidden Targaryen thing is, is going to be really visually striking and, and really interesting to see in graphic novel format. Especially because the first read-through, I think that we talked about this when we did the Mystery Night episode, the first read-through wasn't as like exciting for us for that particular novella. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a couple of times. But I think a lot of the things that might have been confusing or muddled on the first read-through of the novella could be clarified much better in graphic novel. Yeah. So like, for example, we can prove that the Fiddler is not gay. Okay, Kyle, I can't believe we're even having this discussion again. Filler was definitely the gayest. The and, gayest. And I hope that that is somehow expressed in the graphic novel just to just to stick it to you. He was the straightest guy I've ever read about in a book. Kyle, Kyle accepts that he's just joking around. So. <laughs> um, but we, we yeah, could see the Blood Raven in disguise or whatever. Like It'll be interesting to see the, the little things there. Right, exactly. Like, just sort of the little nuances represented visually. It's going to be really cool. Um, Other than that, any any other... I I wanted to do a mini rant just for one minute about... uh, Well, what I like about George in his blog is he does respond to people, which is cool. Like, he does that. But that's like a privilege for us to have a response. People ask questions that you could go on Google and search. They're like, oh, and what publication was this published? Or when was it published? Like, just search on Google. You don't need to ask George that. And then he goes and answers it. It's just like... You're wasting his time. Like at least ask about football or something that's like only he could answer. <laughs> yeah, it, it blows my mind whenever I guess there's Q and A with fans in any respect, not even just on his blog, you know. And people are like, who's your favorite character in Song of Ice and Fire that you write about? Like it's not like he hasn't been asked this constantly, maybe every day of his life. Um, <laughs> you know, or else like you said, things that you can easily Google publication dates and things like that. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I feel like any question you want to ask George has already been answered somewhere online. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I like don't comment and ask him anything because I'm just like, uh, someone's already done this. He's going to think I'm stupid. Please love me, George. Um, so I don't comment <laughs> on his live journal. I did I did once and he responded to me and that was cool and it made my whole life. Um, but, but yeah, definitely like reading some of the comments. I'm like, you guys, please Google that. You goddamn fool. Yeah. We need we need to uh, contact him again in the fall when we have when I when we have more time to try to get an interview finally like directly contact him. That's what we need to do. Oof, we got to we'll come see. up with some questions. Right, exactly. Now yeah. everything's been asked ever. So well, uh, but we have we have some questions is, submitted is, to us. Yeah. I'm gonna be like George was the fiddler definitely gay. Please confirm. And he'll say nope. And he's gonna shatter your world, Kyle. So well, no, fact, he's gonna. I, he's I gonna only want to talk to George for that confirmation, pretty much. Ah. Okay, well, this coming week, or I don't know when this is coming out, but Comic-Con is soon, so if I bump into him, I'll have to ask him. You're going you're gonna to totally like lie when you come report back, and you're going to no. tell me. I'll try, to ask, it, I try to ask it in a good way. I'll be like, yo, does a fiddler put it in the butt? That's what I'm going to say. That's how Thanks, Kyle. Really? Don't, don't tell him you're associated with the podcast, though. <laughs> Just be like, this is a question for me personally, Mike. I'm not part of any podcast. Just <laughs> My name's it. Mike. Mike, he's looking for characters to like associate with in the books. It would be I could just talk to George for like a year about the Duncan Egg novellas, though. I feel like people probably don't even interview him enough about them, but he probably would like that. If we got on the show for sure, we'd ask about Duncan Egg. And in fact, like I would have a, a small portion where I asked about like some of his other works that are like nobody asks about. Oh my god, I have so many questions about Tough. Like, yeah, he would love to talk about that. I think. When's the last time he's done an interview about Tough? Probably like twenty-five years, right? So I don't know. His his works are getting a revival now based on the current popularity. So we'll yeah. see. Um, but anyway, I, I guess anything Did I tell anything you else? guys that I got a random text from my friend one morning who was at LAX 
And he was like, hey, I think this George R. R. Martin guy is sitting across from me. My oh, friend who was, did he, who, did he yes. take a picture? Or? I, I, well, I told him to, and he did, and it was George. And he, my friend has not read the books, and uh, he said he hovered for a little bit and then finally said hello, and George was very nice, and then he ran away. Aww. <laughs> uh, a George sighting in the wild. Very the cool. Wild. He was found. <laughs> um, I'm surprised he doesn't travel with an entourage, you know? I know. Where are his bodyguards? Right. Just apparently he has them at like Comic Con and stuff like that. He'll have bodyguards. He mentioned on this blog. He needs to. The nerds are gonna just all like just overrun him and pull out his beard or something. He's gonna have bodyguards at Comic Con. Yep. Wow. Security. To keep you away, Kyle. He heard you. I'm gonna be like frothing at the mouth. It's George. It's Mike. I heard Mike was gonna be there. He was gonna ask me questions about butts. I got the bodyguards <laughs> ready to punch him in the face. Um, anyway, anything else? Nope. Any other news? No, I think we can get on to the book. Okay, you guys, are we still seriously doing a reread of A Clash of Kings? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we're halfway through. <laughs> Is this real life? Um, so for those of you who have stuck with us through many, many episodes, we are um, still working on a reread of A Clash of Kings. <laughs> Um, at this at this point, our, our pacing for this has become a joke, but um, it's been fun. And don't tell me that you don't love rereading Clash of Kings because it is an excellent, excellent book. And today we're going to do chapter 31. Yes, chapter 31, Aria 7. Aria 7. So Kyle, why don't you take us through the brief rundown of this chapter? I'm going to try this without Tower of the Hand even open. Don't even... How can you even say that? Tower of the Hand. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go, but let's wing it. Has sponsored us for years. I mean, Tower of the Hand is a magical place, but occasionally, you know, you have to try and get away from the crutch. But, uh... So, let's see. This chapter... Uh... Arya's in it. (laughs) Oh, wow, Uh, Kyle. (laughs) We don't need Tower of the Hand at all anymore. You are the walker. Arya is, uh, uh... Arya is at Harrenhal in this chapter. Uh, she is still working under Weeze, and um, it's pretty much just her 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 ongoing day to day activities within the walls of Harrenhal, uh, being the servant that she is and not Tywin's cupbearer, um, and pretty much just the things she sees and Gregor and whatnot, and eventually uh, Rorg Biter and Jake and Hagar return, and she's approached by Jake and, and he offers her the three lives in exchange for the three she saved and uh we are uh we run into the first casualty of that it was what cheswick if i'm not mistaken and um yeah that's uh about what happens in this chapter so i think this chapter is definitely the first time that you see aria make a childish decision when you're like aria what the fuck are you doing um because (laughs) i've been with her every step of the way and just like Everything she did, I'm like, yeah, I'm with you, girl. I got you. And then she makes that decision to, like, name Chiswick as her first kill. And I'm like, you have been given the greatest gift on Earth, which is the gift of murder. Um, And you (laughs) waste it. You waste one on him, which very appalling to me when I read. And I was just like, you know what? They're going to get better. She's going to be like Tywin and the Mountain and and get rid of some really shitty people. But uh, she didn't. And I feel... Very disappointed. I just wanted to make that clear. Mm. Well, I mean, it, it, two things. First, like initially, she didn't quite trust Jaquin, uh, mm-hmm. and so maybe it makes sense she she tested out one person that wasn't important before doing it later. But she still had two other votes, so she could have 
like she shows Tywin the war like is over right then. Like Tywin is the thing that's keeping the Lannisters together. Uh, but I mean, that's too much power to give to a character like Arya or Jaquin. Because if, if Facetime's men are that powerful, why doesn't Rob just hire one and get Tywin killed? Even if it costs like a lot of money, it'd be worth it. Right. Right. Maybe he doesn't have enough money. You think so? The White Harbor has the money. Entire... They can probably afford it. Like, even if he like has to pay like for three years or something, it'd be worth it to kill Tywin. He could be know. like on a financing plan yes. for your assassinations, <laughs> right? He'll finance a faceless man through the, through the Iron Bank of Bravos. Yeah, <laughs> fuck everyone I mean, over. Yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't have her kill Tywin because they needed Tywin. It was just like the the narrate. George was protecting these characters, so like you shouldn't get too angry with Arya because she had to make that mistake. She yeah. couldn't actually kill Tywin. It, it would mm. just ruin the story if she killed Tywin right there. I mean, I wasn't mad, but I was definitely very surprised because it seemed like the only time that she did something that made sense for her age. You know, like it's the only time that she acted like a kid, very reactionary and just picking out people she didn't like just based on. It was was Chiswick's brutal story that kind of made her do that because it was was such a brutal story that she's just like, okay, get this guy killed. Well, he did tell that story, yeah. and he is a disgusting piece of yeah. shit, but um, she, she totally should have just right? said Gregor. Yeah. yeah. Like, she probably could have killed Chiswick herself. She didn't need a faceless man for that, but the mountain, he just mm. I feel like that that could have been easily her target. Yeah, it was funny, because I, I couldn't remember exactly who was at Hall when this first murder occurs, and in the beginning of the chapter, Gregor and his men are actually gone, and I was like, oh, okay, so Gregor's not even going to be there when Jake and when she like tells Jake and who to kill or whatnot. But then by the end of the chapter, Gregor's returned and I'm like, Oh, well she could just have him killed. Like that doesn't, it was, it was really weird reading it. Like I was kind of, I was getting upset. I was like, God damn you, Aria. What the, what the hell are you thinking? Come on. But, um, that's just the reaction of a child. You know, you deal with, uh, the problem that's directly in front of you instead of like the cause of that problem. Um, yeah. And, and maybe it's important to keep Aria to remind readers that she is still a child at this point and she's not thinking shrewdly the way an adult would. Um, not that many adults in the series so far have really exhibited very shrewd thinking, but. Mm. And, and, uh, I have to disagree with Amin that I don't think she was testing out Jaken's ability when she said Cheswick. Um, when she went walked over into over to him and whispered the name, I, I think every fiber in her being was like, all right, this person's going to die, whoever I whisper. I don't think um, – I didn't get the impression yeah, she walked I, over I don't and think she was she like, well, like, let's just was, test this out. It wasn't like a logical I'm going to test it, but like even, before she even – like she she's like, should I even tell Jaquin anything? Maybe I, sh- maybe I can't even trust them. So maybe she wouldn't have said nothing. That kind of pushed her into saying something. But it wasn't like, I'm going to go test him. But I'm saying even, even if she was going to test him, that would only be one vote used. She would still have two more that she could have used properly, right? So regardless, she ma- made a mistake. You know, to be fair, as this chapter is opening, her life at Hall doesn't sound that bad. I mean, well, she talks about, yeah, I was like, she gets meat. She gets to eat meat every couple of weeks. That's pretty good for a peasant. She gets, gets meat. Yeah. She gets her own chunk of soap, which is a big <laughs> deal when everyone is dirty in Westeros. Um, a yeah. hot pie is eating well. So, you know, when this chapter started out, I was like, all right, you're not doing too badly. I mean, considering what she experienced before. Yeah. Um, Except everyone she meets is dying around her, apparently. Yeah. But she doesn't even bother to learn their names anymore. She's like distancing herself from people. Yeah. Um, I, I do. Um, Going back to Jaken for a second, I have a question about this, guys. Um, there's a quote in there. He says, uh, the red god has his due, sweet girl, and only death may pay for life. Um, now, so he's talking about R'hllor with the red god, I'm assuming. But aren't don't the faceless men have their own religion? Or am I getting this confused here? The, re- the reason why he says R'hllor is because there was a fire happening, right? 
So I think that's what he was. So the, the three were going to—they're going to be burned. The three of them were going to die in that fire. Oh, I see. I got what you you're saying. Well, you do—you make a good point because the faceless men worship the many-faced god. So um, they definitely don't talk about Relor. Yeah, and uh, I know—I know in the show they made it really seem like he was uh, a Relor follower, hmm. um, but. But the faceless men have their own religion. I, I'm, I'm, I got, yeah. I got a little confused when I was reading that. Well, yeah, they they worship their their god of death, which is really, I mean, if he should be talking about anyone, should be talking about the many faced god, um, which but, is you know the stranger. One face, face is Relora, though, right? Isn't like. No, no, the many faced god Let's is is their version of the stranger. Let's take a look here. Yeah. It's when you sit on your arm till it's numb, and then you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, well, the it's their version of the stranger. Gods, yeah. hmm. So it should be a death god that they're worshiping, um, but I don't they, think they, the many faced god encompasses. The many faced god is more than one god. Like they worship many death gods, including the stranger. True, but Relor is not a death god. By no, any he's not. Because technically, he's a god so. of life. So this, this is, unless this is giving something about Relor. But I mean, it, it, I mean, it, they were going to burn to death. That, that seems like that's Relor's domain, right? <laughs> it's his fire. Well, any death should really be in the domain of the many-faced god, but I wonder if it's just because both the guild is from Valyria and um, maybe the religion behind the god of light is also from Valyria. I can't remember the history of it. Hmm. Yeah, they had diverse slave populations. I'm reading online now, which makes sense. Like, they, it makes sense that they have different death gods. But yeah, so what we're saying is the issue is Relor is being lumped with these different death gods when he's not really a death god. They see yeah, see they seem completely opposing because in Cahor, like the death god is the black goat and the followers of Relor tried to burn the black goat. Apparently. Oh, we have a ET reference here, the Lion of Night. So <laughs> <laughs> That means it might be so, Asian, Asian people in Bravos. Oh, can worse. This is the cat is there. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a good point that you that you mentioned, the sort of discrepancy between um the faceless men, what they believe in. But, I mean, he could just be saying that because he's playing a different person, you know? Mm. Mm. Hmm. Well, the only death may pay for life is pretty good, too. Like, that relates to all the, the blood sacrifices that have been going on. But I feel like the, part of this, like, we all are accepting that Jaquin has to do this. I feel like he's doing it on purpose to kind of... Well, that's one interpretation, that he's just kind of testing Arya out. Like, do, does he really have to do this? Why does he even care about, like, Biter or whatever? being saved in that fire yeah nobody cares about biter or roar <laughs> <laughs> no he just it, it's all about the dues i feel like because the faceless men it is a religious society about life and mm-hmm. about death that when but, three people who are, are supposed to die don't that a god is owed those three lives like i feel like that's an important thing for him so i feel like his beliefs force him to have to do it but because he was involved that's why it matters because there's plenty of people being saved all the time like what i guess maybe they became friends in that cage <laughs> i don't i don't know yeah. maybe rorg and biter well, became his ride or dies you know like he definitely they... scared them right they, he scared them into like not bothering him like something yeah. about him scared them, and and you think like, why would they be scared? They're the ones who are scary, right? That's the crazy thing about him. Hmm. Yeah. Because mm, he's fucking crazy. I mean, I think you could definitely tell. I don't think he even needs to do anything in particular to intimidate them, but. I bet it happened before. I mean, the reason why they're locked in the cells. I bet Rogan Biter. That's why they're afraid of him. Not something that yeah. happened in the cell. Oh, for sure. Like maybe when they brought him, he just changed his face right in the cell, and they were like, "What the hell?" Like, yeah. His face. <laughs> <laughs> something like everyone. that. You need something like that to scare those people. 
Dan had a theory mm. like that, that, that this guy like skin changed into Biter and messed with him. But I, I, we didn't have any like evidence for that he would have that ability. And in fact, it seems like they don't really know about that over there, about skin changing. Hmm. But he was kind of creepy it's, it's in this just... chapter. He's like, he kissed her hair softly. What the? It was creepy. Maybe he was into her and this was how he was showing her. I, I don't know. I, I really feel like one of the things I'd really like to find out as the books unravel is what Jaken was in prison for. Hmm. Yeah, what do, what was he doing there? Was he was he going to be hired to do something? He got thrown in there, or did he go there and like yeah? What was he doing in jail? Yeah. I feel like it seems too neat of a package yeah. to be like, oh, he planted himself there on purpose so that he could be, you know, picked up from yeah. Yorin's group to join the Night's Watch. I mean, well, we know that he later on went and he's the guy who killed Pate, I think, when he mm-hmm. read a book on dragons. Was that his original goal, or was he told to do that later on? I don't know, because it seems like if he had planned to be part of Yorin's procession taken from King's Landing, then he should have ended up at the Night's Watch and not Old Town. So maybe he was trying to get to Old Town somehow, and then... Now, actually, was- do, we, do we know if that's Jack Quinn for sure? Like, we, there's, there's two things that happen. There's one guy there, and there's a guy who killed Balon, but that's probably a different... Um, oh, yeah, the yeah. safe face man shoved him off a bridge. But there were no yeah. dragons till the end of the first book, so if he was around before the first book in jail like what, what was he doing here like any kids does he have a way to communicate with the people back there like by it's hmm. maybe he has a death wish hmm? what maybe he got himself arrested and and all this jazz maybe he wants to die maybe he's sick of his life maybe he's uh, over it all i'm gonna look that him up seems right now like a the, terrible like, attitude for a faceless man <laughs> well yeah maybe he's tired of it where is he? Okay, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Feast for Crows. But he can't like commit suicide. That's probably yeah. against. He did um, kill Pate, yeah, because it matches his all that jazz. Guns. So, <laughs> I don't know. so he's he's right now with Tarly. He's with Samuel Tarly right now. He's Pate. There we go. <laughs> so he's with Samuel Tarly. Uh-oh. Yeah, I thought I liked Jake and Hagar until he killed poor pig boy Pate. I felt really bad about that. Oh, that guy was just totally. Wanted the prostitute. He just wanted to lose his virginity so bad, and oh, poor little wanted... boy yeah. has been trying to get his d wet forever. And I was like, yeah. well, there was, was there was a complaint on Tumblr about like not being enough lowborn like POVs in the books. Uh-huh. We're like, where you go? There's a couple of them in the prologues. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> they just all got that's real. <laughs> He wasn't just wanting to get his D-Way. He wanted that particular girl. He wanted One. to marry her and take her yeah. away. He was an upstanding... No, he didn't want to marry... Did he want to marry and take her? I thought he just yeah. wanted... He if he I just thought he wanted her maidenhead. No, he wanted to like take her away and like get a donkey or something. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really sad and sweet. I was like... I, I thought it was touching. Um, and then he just kind of melted. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> But anyway, let's, I mean, let's get down to what really matters in this chapter, um, is that Arya is hearing all this great gossip in Harrenhal. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some whore trying to sleep her way through all the army. Which is terrible that that's like the message that everyone's saying about Pia when she pretty much has to sleep with these guys because otherwise they'll kill her. Wait, who? Pretty Pia from the buttery. Yeah, the thing about this chapter is that there's a ton of characters in here that, that are important later that are worth mentioning. Like, they're all... Here, like you have Pia here, you have White Spall, White Smile Watt, who was actually Jenna Lannister's singer, like her private singer. And here we mm-hmm. find that he might have fathered a child, like on some woman here. So like, what the fuck? It matches, <laughs> it matches my Jenna Lannister theory that she might be sleeping around with her like singers. Oh God, I love these books. I've yeah. even after talking to you guys for so many damn years, I knew, I learn new stuff yeah. every day. So this is the wife of the Gaylor w- w- was with child. With real father was this Alan somebody or a singer named White Small Watt. Like it's just just these like one liners in here that are crazy. 
Um, yeah, just the idea that the singer is like prevalent, you know, just flitting his way across the yeah. Westeros landscape. And they have this, yeah, they have that other singer who was there undercover, like Tom of like Seven Streams or whatever, who was like a similar, and he's now there at River Run with, with Jenna there too. So mm. I really enjoy that everyone is spitting in Harris Swift's food. Um, <laughs> yeah, why do why do they hate him? Is a question. Like, I don't know. He, he comes off like a like a little bitch, and he, he becomes the hand of the king later on temporarily, right? It's crazy. Yeah. Like, these characters all become bigger later on. Um, Tywin gets a letter about the Joffrey being a bastard, so he hears about it. But he just ignores it. He's like, eh, it's filth. Hmm. I think it's interesting that Arya didn't comment on that, you know, mm. or like provide her perspective on what she thinks about that. Because if anyone has an unfavorable opinion of Joffrey, certainly it would be her. Um, I'm just kind of surprised that she didn't say anything, sort of, when she was recounting all this gossip. And here we have uh, tongue. And who is the gentleman with the trident? Oh, we have a Manderly here. Well, they don't say anything about a merman. They just say there's a trident. I think he's, the merman has a trident in his hands or something. Like, what's the uh, Manderly yeah, symbol? I mean, he does, but they don't say there's a mermaid on him. They just say there's a trident. Right, let's see. I feel like that's a big thing to miss is 75% of a person's brooch. His cloak was a silver and sapphire trident. Yeah, but it's him. Like we know that it's him, very because he's fat and he's eating there all the time and blah blah. And he was supposed to be there. They just so which Manderly is that? Uh, let's see. One of them is dead and one of them makes it. So then they both start with W's. Uh, because I thought the Manderly was yeah. Wendell is killed. So this is uh, Willis. So, but I thought he was taken at the Red Wedding. Uh, the guy at the Red Wedding was killed. This guy was okay. taken in battle, maybe even a couple times. I think. What battle was he taken in? Oh, uh, I think w- w- the one where Roos like sends like it was Roos's battle, the Green Fork. Oh, the right? the, tri- ah. the yeah. fork. Yeah. And in fact, this is even ref- referred to in the fifth book. They talk about how like Wyman was having letters back and forth to Tywin about his son, and even here it shows that like he Tywin with that guy briefly and some maesters. So like he he's like negotiating with Wyman from this point onwards about his son. Hmm. I keep forgetting that Kyburn was traveling with the Bloody Mummers, and he's he's there. Yeah, that. the Bloody Mummers come in. Like you have a description of the Bloody Mummers, and they always use the same term for him, the fatherly one. He has a fatherly face, like a kind face, but he's like completely evil. But he has a fatherly yeah. face. It's always that term. Um, look, look at like it, it's like a I I I, I termed the Bloody Mummers like uh, they're coming here. I called them the multicultural gang of douchebags. Because they are, they, they have quite like they have Dothraki because they have like copper men with bells. They have lancers. They have bowmen with powdered cheeks. They have brown skinned men in feathered cloaks, probably from the Summer Islands. So they have like people from everywhere. Like, like what kind of shitty ass Dothraki do you have to be to be kicked out of your like to cross actual, the water, right? Yeah, like just to be rejected from your people, and you have to go and hang out with Vargo Hoet. Like that's mm. awful. Yeah. Yeah, but the dude has a lot of bells in his hair, man. He is. When's the last time he was defeated? Hmm. He probably just doesn't cut his hair because nobody knows that shit. (laughs) Right? (laughs) He probably was defeated and just like some battles, right? So he just. That's what I'm saying. He probably was defeated and just like could not part with his hair and was like, "I'm out. I'm going to Westeros. I don't have to cut my hair there." (laughs) They have lancers with on striped black and white horses. I think those are specifically like zebra. Like there's actually yeah tons. zebras brought up from Jalabad show. They um well they she Danny talks about that striped horse zorses or whatever. Yeah. 
Zorsus. Am I making that up? Am I insane? No, no, I think, I think that's true. Like, there's a name for it anyways. Yeah, like, I think you're making that up. I've never heard that before. No, no, no. I think, I think let me, look, let's stop here. Zorsus. Yes, yes, yes. Zors. Yeah, here we go. They exist. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, Where is she saw that? She saw the slave that was like whipped until his back was just like ribbons of flesh. And she said that it reminded her of a Zors that she'd seen somewhere. <laughs> there's no mention of anyone in the Kalasar riding a, a Zors, but apparently these guys have them. <laughs> Ah, she said, stripe like the Zorses of the Jogos Nye. So What? Where is that? That's not in this chapter. No, no, I'm no, just saying that, that, chapter, she, yeah. that she saw a slave and said that, you know, shut up. She mentioned Zorses. That might All be right, a- I'm looking yeah. at Zorses it. It's true. Exist, a Zorses yeah. a striped black and white equine, presumably from the eastern continent of Essos. They have been described as fierce. <laughs> so they've probably got... Some, we got, got we've got to get some of these down to the ha- halls of House Manwitty, some sources. They seem oh. effective. Some battle. very exotic people in the Bloody Mummers. No. Who is the who's the one whose leather cloak is fringed with long blonde hair? Yeah, I was wondering who that is. Like a sickly one, too. Somebody tell us. Who's the sickly one whose leather cloak was fringed with long blonde hair? Like who is that? That sounds like a disgusting cloak to wear. Um, but I am trying to figure out who that was because it feels like no, you it's, know, not, it's not his cloak. He just means pool. he has really long hair, right? Like he has long blonde hair. No, it sounds like his cloak has is covered <laughs> in hair. He's got blonde hair on his cloak. He He's murdered like Fabio. From the Lannisters? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that not what that suggests? Am I, I not? Know. like? So we'll, Maybe no, he tell, defeated tell Tywin in battle, and that's where he got the, the hell hair, that guy and that's is. why Tywin's bald. <laughs> But yeah, so bloody, bloody members. The CV's listed. Like maybe the bloody members have a list of, com- or, or no, the brave companions. That's to the, to no. be clear, uh, they did not cast them in the show, right? No, the bloody mummers turned into Bolton men. Okay. Gotcha. Um, once again, HBO trying to avoid casting people of color. Um, could have been <laughs> a really cool gang to look at, but no. <laughs> there wasn't, yeah, like, there wasn't really a room for them. But it would have been a pretty crazy gang if they had. Like, if you look at the description, they got people from everywhere. So just, just constantly recruiting for the Bloody Mummers, one from every country. I like how Lord Tywin made Varga Hoat and Sirhari's kiss. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> and swear their love for each other. Yeah, it's fine. It's like a mafia moment there. It's just like you got to make up here. Uh, He's probably twirled his mustache. His mustachio. Mm. It's interesting, like, Tywin's justice is just, like, hang everybody involved. (laughs) It's the most equitable thing to do. There we go. They also ran the the phrase that they caught, uh, but keep the rest of the guys there. Because it seems like the the Lannisters have that bit of a connection with the phrase. They're willing to ransom them back. I just feel really bad that the Manderleys, like, the only rep that they get in these books is, like, they just like to eat a lot. Just nonstop. (laughs) They're all really fat. Like that's that's how he characterizes all of them. Well, actually, if you if you read on Tumblr, there's people saying that George like hates fat people, and in the books he has like uh, all these descriptions of like this gigantic people and blah blah blah, and like it's like yeah, but they all they're all very lovable. Like the Manderleys (laughs) are awesome. Uh, Sam is great. Is there like one fat person that we hate? There is a there's there's a slaver in the East that's like messed up, but but he does seem to be nicer to his slaves than the other people. Oh, that guy, yeah, (laughs) the huge guy who's dying from the disease. The dude who walks by the tent and Tyrion isn't sure if it's an elephant or the guy. He he does have pretty like crazy like descriptions of people, but it's not like well, some people saying it's like self hate for when he when he had trouble in the past or something. I mean, he can do whatever he wants in the script. He's not trying to like make people hate fat people. Like if you look at the people in there, they're fine. 
Yeah, but like, you know, he doesn't point it out if someone is like slightly overweight in Westeros. It's always like if they're morbidly obese and that is basically their distinguishing characteristic is that they're really fat. He really goes into it and uh, describes them in the most unflattering of ways, but... At least you get a visual, right? Yeah, they, they people exist, and he's just giving you a visual of them. So, and I feel How like be... to be fat in Westeros, you'd really do have to yeah. be eating a lot nonstop. And if they weren't in there, people would be like, "Oh, there's no like fat people in there." He's being anti. No one, no <laughs> one would say that. I mean, yeah. who had no, ever Tumblr. said that about a book? <laughs> it's all there. I'm just saying. I don't think there were any overweight people in Harry Potter, and nobody was mad about that, unless you count Hagrid, but he was part giant. Spoiler alert. What about alert. Harry's dad or stepdad? Uncle Vernon. Oh, yeah, but he was described as beefy, not really fat. Oh, okay. See, now, if the characters in A Song of Ice and Fire could eat George's food descriptions, no one would go oh. hungry. It's true. I mean, there's, I don't know, sounds, sounds like all the food in Westeros is pretty delicious, so I, I would mm. be gigantic if I lived there. <laughs> Delicious. Speaking of gigantic, you know what I took from this chapter? How friggin' big Hall really is. My god, there yeah. were a few descriptions that just blew my mind. Like, it's three times the size of Winterfell, the stable can hold a thousand horses, a thousand horses, and the godswood inside Hall is 20 acres. Holy shit. How is that possible? That, yeah, you, but you know what What really does that justice is, is the uh, the painting of Hall. From the mm-hmm. worlds of ice and fire, I think. Yeah, like just how massive that entire structure is relative to like the I think the boats or the people that you see is it's insane. Ridiculous. It's so But you huge. guys, I've I've hit upon a very important theory that I think George is trying to communicate to us. Oh okay. um, Arya said in describing Tywin, there was something in his face that reminded Arya of her own father. So I think Ned is Tywin's son. <laughs> Are you guys with me on this? What? What? <laughs> Even Amin doesn't understand yeah. that one. I, th- I think the Zorse theory was a lot more supported. It's something here, but what he's talking about is is like there's no, he's not all bad. He has a lordly face, and sometimes he uses that to like bring justice and order or something, right? Yeah, I think um, previously Bran might have talked about her fa- like his father using his lord's voice or his lord's face or something like that. Um, mm. But I thought that was an interesting yeah. line. I don't actually think oh, that at the, the, all. The, the theory that you mentioned before is that Jamie is Ned's son. Now, if Jamie looks like him, then that would cover up for that, right? So Right. <laughs> We've, we really got three generations here, you know. <laughs> so did you guys uh, draw any parallels between the description of King Spire and uh, the Obsidian Candle in Old Town? Hmm. The description of King Spire says it looks like a melted black candle. I'm sure it, it probably means nothing, but it kind of it got me thinking about the obsidian Ooh. candle out there. Is that and, one of uh, one of the towers? Uh, yeah, Kingspire is the tower that Tywin resides in, and also <laughs> that uh, King Harren and uh, his sons were burnt in. Well, yeah, it was like it looks melted because the dragons. Well, yes, melted, yes, right? absolutely. But just the description <laughs> of a black candle. Hmm. Uh, made me think of the glass candle and and i i didn't see any other parallels or anything or what, what that could be i mean jakin's presence in both places possibly but um uh it was just just a random thing thrown out there if anybody that's cool well, i mean yeah. the fact that like the dragons being work being there are a sign of magic coming back and so is the candle they're both signs of it right yeah so that connection is there mm. um i had one other note i wanted to mention is is 
there's also Har- Harry and Karstark is here. Like we don't really see a lot of him. We always hear about him, but he's described as a fierce, bearded young man who liked to walk the battlements alone in a black cloak patterned with white suns. So that we have Harry and Karstark, which is interesting. Whoa, what's he doing there? Well, he was he's he's he's, he's been not- a captive for most of the books. <laughs> um, ah. But I think I feel like we're going to see him at some point. It's interesting that because he's a fierce-spirited young man and he spends his time alone, like walking around. Like I think we're going to see this guy on screen sometime, and he's going to be important. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, when I was reading it, I couldn't pick up who that was, but yeah, Karstark. Because right? we don't know how he's taken. Like Rob killed his father, um, but like he had a reason Ooh, to yeah. do so, and we we don't know. Like Rob says he might hate Rob, but we don't know what his feelings about the Starks are. We know that his sisters had, had good relations with John, but we don't know about him. So do we think he's still at Harrenhal? At uh, at the end of dance, I think he's still being held prisoner because they he's not out of, he's not out in dance. Like they were trying to provoke him being killed by declaring for Stannis. They wanted to get him killed, like the uncles. So I think he's still a prisoner. Um, but then they then they then they send some of the people back. But let's take a look here. What happened to him? Hmm. Thank God for this wiki. wiki. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Harren Karstark. Harry and Karstark. Harry. Harry and dragons. They want to try Harry. to get him killed. Uh, da, da, da. Should Harry and die, it would go to the Alice, so he's, I think he's still being held captive, but Tywin's dead now. Um, he's at Maidenpool, so at least he's closer to getting home than he was before. I think Randall Tarley probably has him under lock right now. Hmm. He's going to make an appearance, I think. So Unless he gets killed off off screen, <laughs> so we can go to the next person. But. <laughs> um, I, I was noting as as we were reading through this that Arya does have that moment where she's like, "I have to kill as many Lannisters as possible because that's what you do when you're in a war." Yeah. Um, but then she decided that she shouldn't trust Jaqen. Then she realized she, Tywin she was should, her grandfather. She should kill all the Lannisters herself, which I really wish Arya had spent more of this book killing Lannisters. <laughs> has she killed any Lannisters? Um. No, not unless one of the guards was a Lannister. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Arya, you're doing a terrible um, job, girl. Seriously, I, come on, get it together now. But hopefully oh. after her training, she'll kill all the Lannisters. Um, and mm. then Chiswick tells his disgusting story. Mm. That's beautiful. Ugh. That, that I think this is, really is, it says something about the landscape of what life is like for the small folk in Westeros. Yeah. God, it's so awful. I, I remember after my first read through, there were you know there were moments. There are certain moments in the book that just stayed in my mind, and, and th- this story was one of them. I just found it so disturbing and so detestable how he rapes the in in the in guy's daughter and then demands change for it. And it just like a thirteen year old. Yeah. Oh, it haunted me, and um, I don't know if I've actually reread this part uh, since that, but. Um, yeah, it just kind of brought up some disturbing memories <laughs> of this fucking scene. It's so terrible. And they're all yeah, just joking around and laughing. It's really upsetting and just really very, like, the casual way that Chiswick is telling the story. You just realize that this is this is very common. This is a thing that happens um, to the small folk, and there's no there's no repercussion, you know? Mm. And, uh, and, and, you know, as she's listening to the story, first of all, Gregor obviously should die, but she goes back and Weiss like finds out that she didn't do her job and, uh, he pulled in her pants and caned her until blood ran down her thighs. I don't even know why she didn't drop his name immediately after that. Cause yeah, that sounds fucking terrible. Well, she said she she blocked it out from Serio's teachings or something like that. She said it didn't even phase her. Or I yeah, can't she exactly said she scarcely wording. felt it. Already, Arya becoming like 
it's probably Super. one of those movie moments where she's getting caned, but in her mind, all she sees is Cheswick dying. So she doesn't even notice the caning. She's just like, ugh. It's just like, Ches- and it's two days later. Too. It's just like, why didn't she say Gregor? But it's just like she can't. Like the plot has to prevent her from saying it because Gregor's the one who's yeah, but that's not a good explanation when you're know, in the mind of the character. <laughs> that's that's weak. Gregor is there as well. well I I mean, you, it's just the just like we said earlier. I mean, a child sees a child usually sees what's directly in front of them, and just having this person talk about because Cheswick raped her too. I yeah. mean, they all did. That's what she sees. That's her target. Boom, right there. Sometimes like I think George evil. is like an evil genius, like being able to write even that story, being able to no, come up with he, that and just the casual offhand way that Chiswick talked about it, you know? It's like, yeah, it's really Damn, disturbing. George. But, uh, but the so good news his... is Chiswick broke his neck. So. <laughs> yeah, and nobody gives a shit. <laughs> so not missed. Like, he was such a non, non-entity over there that just nobody even knows. Like, Gregor's never even going to know one of his guys is gone either. Um, it's just It just confirms what a terrible choice she made. Yeah, mm. and she doesn't even realize it. She's like, what's up? I'm the ghost in Harrenhal. I've got one know, She's so proud list. of herself. I think she realizes it later on, like, after she uses her wishes, or at least the second one, that, that she's like, oh, I should have killed Tywin. Mm. Ixnay on the wishing for more wishes. <laughs> well, so there's a line in here, guys. Um, Arya hears a rumor. Back to the rumors here. Um, there's a rumor she hears about talk of Lord Tywin restoring Harrenhal and taking it as yeah. his seat when the war was over. Now, I know there's very little... Ch- I mean, what did, did you guys read that and think anything? I thought it was just shows how people are dumb when they like they like these are just rumors of like the small folk don't understand like Tywin doesn't even care about Harren Hall really. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I wonder if there was anything he said or anything about restoring the castle. Um, it seems like he could find a better use for his money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. No. I mean, it because... just shows, shows people are wrong sometimes. Like the, the small folk don't understand what's going on. Wait, yeah. what would be what would be the advantage to him using Harrenhal as the seat? He's got Casterly Rock, you know. Yeah. Not to mention, after the war is done, he would be hand of the king. Like, yeah, I don't see any advantage either. But it's just, um, I don't know it was a particular rumor that kind of stood out to me, and I was like, oh, I wonder if there's, I wonder if there was any bit of truth to that. Mm. Um, mm. Like, if he had ever talked about it, or or having someone else. Oh, do here, it. Here, here's a, here's a theory right here. Like Harrenhal being giving to the um, Janos Lint, and he's like, that guy shouldn't have it. Which is something he'd say, right? And then maybe they're like, oh, they thought he's going to get it for himself. Yeah. Yeah, like right now, Harrenhal's just being used as a bartering piece for like lowborn lords. Yeah. Um, that it's just it's hilarious that they're just kind of like just <clears throat> dropping it in King's Landing, like, hey, do me this favor, and you'll get Harrenhal. <laughs> Here's this castle well, that is cursed, and also anyone who's been promised it doesn't get it. So exactly. Well, that's the thing. It is cursed, right? And and who who hasn't died that had control of it? Is Roose Bolton the only one? I mean, yeah. Is he the yeah. only person who's had Bruce control? Roose Bolton of was there, and he he left. Like Littlefinger never actually went there. Yeah. It seems to be whoever's in you know control of the place because Tywin died. Gregor Gregor is something. Um, Vargo is gone. Uh, I don't even know who else had control of it. Are all the Wents gone and all that jazz? Yeah, it's, it's this lady went uh, ran away, and then I'm looking at the wiki. It says she's dead. She's reported as dead now. So it's the curse. It's the curse. Yeah, it seems like a, a terrible thing to be promised. It doesn't even sound like a great castle. It sounds really <coughs> shitty. Yeah. It sounds like gigantic and melted on top, so I don't know. <laughs> it would take it'd take your whole like all your bannermen just to hold that castle. It's like yeah. what's the right? 
But even melted on top, it's still like there's still more room than any other castle in Westeros. But like everything is all grimy, everything is all rotted. Uh, the topmost story is infested with bats. Well, the top <laughs> floors, those infested floors, that's what's rotted and everything. But the bottom couple, where where Lady Went um, held up when she was there, like the bottom of a couple of the towers, I believe they say, um, are kept up. And obviously the kitchens are working and everything, but. But yeah, you need an army just to keep the place running. It's. I'm gonna look at the map here and see where curse. exactly it is. Like, why was it even built right there? Is it within like a river or something that can be hooked up? It's not really the best place to put your ca- like capital. Um, you think? Well, usually you want to buy like a river or an ocean. It's really close to, um, you know, to the point where the Red Fork and the Blue Fork meet. On the trident. I guess it shows like, how really the, I mean, Ironborn, like, first of all, building that thing, they must have brought people from elsewhere to build it because they're shit. They can't actually build something like that. And second, it probably shows that they weren't very good, like, they weren't thinking in, like, the sense of, like, make a capital and have, like, people. He was thinking just make a huge castle. It's, like, it it just kind of makes sense place. where it is right now, just, like, really big on the god's eye. Like, I don't know. But, like, so King's, Landing, King's Landing can trade with people. Like, Yeah, but King's Landing wasn't there. It, the day Hall was finished was the day Aegon landed. Yeah. Oh man, Harrenhal was finished on the day Aegon landed. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> what? why it's cr- That's yeah. terrible. Oh yeah, my they gosh. Put in the can you last believe? stone on that day. <laughs> man, that is the worst luck. <laughs> curse. The curse. Yeah. Seriously. Um, any any anything else for this chapter, you guys? Nope. Nope. Oh, I think that's Well, uh, that was Good, good read through chapter thirty one. Um, how many more chapters slash episodes until we are done with this book? We're about well, halfway through. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we need to reach chapter seventy. So we have another you know. thirty, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, well, more than that. Uh, another forty. Well, we, should, we can do two two at a time. It's just we don't usually have time to do it. But if we're doing a regular episode, we could do two at a time. Yeah, we did a shortened episode today. Um, we didn't have Ashley, so. We're keeping it a bit short. Um, although all our best efforts to do short episodes still end up being hour-long recordings. Um, but I think I think that was a pretty good recap. I just I really still enjoy going back and reading these chapters. Like I've, it's always been sort of an interesting reread every time. So um, I enjoy doing it, even though we have been outstripped by far by the TV show now. Yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with the fact that we're going slow. I mean, every time we do this, you guys are like, oh, we're so slow. Well, who cares? Like, what's the rush? Like, when we get to the end, that's it. Like, I'm not going to do these yeah. again. Exactly. <laughs> we have plenty to talk about. Yeah, I know. Because I know listeners are always commenting that, like, we are taking forever with this. And it's kind of like an ongoing joke now. But, you know, it's true. At the end of all these books, we're done yeah. with the subject of Song of Ice and Fire. So, <laughs> we're drawing this out for your benefit, everybody. Say it ain't so. <laughs> Um, but so next week, I guess we're gonna do um, we're gonna cover Caitlin three and Sansa three. Uh, I think so. If we, if Our we two favorite characters. If we record next week. Yeah. The okay. Lady Stark. <laughs> next time. Next time. Yes. Next time we record. Um, and then uh, just a sort of a closing announcement. Um, I know that our website has been through some severe trauma. Uh, recently so i appreciate everyone's patience in um 
and getting that back up. Uh, obviously, the forums are still down. So we are working on trying to restore that. Um, we just want to make sure that when the forums go back up, that everyone's post history, all of the data is still retained and that we don't wipe everything um, because a lot of you had very hilarious jokes. So we wanted to make sure we kept all of that posting history intact. Um, but thank you for being so patient in the meantime about that. It's so what's tricky. going on? What's the what's the cause? What's the thing? If you can tell us, because I have no idea what's happening. Well, we we um, updated a plugin, and in order for that plugin to work, we needed to update our WordPress, and then that did not play nicely with our hosting account. Um, so we had to do some stuff to get it back up. And to be honest, like our our hosting service is completely stumped on a lot of what happened. So. Okay. Yeah. Technology so, is hard. Is there a victory in sight or is this an ongoing battle? Um, no, I think once we get the forums up and running, we'll be fine. Um, I think everything you know I should mean, be good. I, I mean, getting the forums up and running, is it? Do we know how to do this? Um, yeah, it's just going to take some time on my part and okay. some, some careful planning. Um, I just I don't want to wipe everything. So. Gotcha. So you're doing some of this legwork on your own then. This isn't just a call up and <laughs> say, what the fuck happened, guys? Fix this. No, they were just like, yeah, you have to redo your whole forum. And I was like, how? <laughs> They're like, just, I don't know, find instructions online. I was like, all right. So I'm I'm learning. I'm learning a lot in um, doing this podcast. Um, but also I'm so confused. <laughs> The okay. good news is that we've also upgraded our hosting um, to unlimited bandwidth, unlimited data. So you guys, I know you guys are experiencing some slower times um, on the podcast website, some lag and maybe some download speeds that aren't great. So we'll we'll kind of take a look at how we can improve that. But um, at least we're not going to run out of room anytime soon. So Yeah. Awesome. So that's good. Um, anything else to mean before we wrap this up? Oh, wrap it up, but just make sure to include Tumblr in the list of places you can see us. I wasn't even aware. We have a Tumblr. <laughs> we have uh, well, we have the podcast Tumblr, and then we have my pun- my Tumblr at amin j And what's yours, Kyle? Mad Canard. Cool. Like everything. I don't else. even know what you guys are doing on Tumblr. I assume that's just we're, like when you just recycle cat pictures, right? We're, we're raising an army over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Amin and I are on Tumblr just answering questions. So uh, we've tried to step up our social game since the forums have been down. So um, so yeah, as as always, guys, you can always find us on all the social media stuff on Facebook, uh, podcast of Ice and Fire. On let's see, let's go through all the accounts here. We got Twitter at APOIAF or a Deviant Art at APOIAF, <laughs> I believe too. Uh, YouTube at the same. Uh, we're on Tumblr. What's our Tumblr? House Manwoody? We have two. We have House Manwoody, which is the one where we people can contribute to, and then we have APOIF, which is just like ours. But we don't really okay. do much there. It's, 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 it's both Kyle's and my personal Tumblrs where we do there most we of the stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then Amin and I have tumblers. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure there's some embarrassing videos of Mimi out there, so find those too. Oh, one <laughs> other quick note, especially Mimi hasn't heard about this, is I founded another podcast, Mimi. <gasps> I don't even. Yeah. Have you heard what about, is it about it? It's called the Vassals. It's not Bastard. Of... No, it's the Vassals of Kingsgrave. What is yeah. that even? What is it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what it is is basically Bastards. Bastards of Kingsgrave needs one of us to do an episode. Uh, like on, on anything. Well, what Vassals is is, is is what the fans can do. They do an episode and they submit it to us. They they uh-huh. have their own hosting, but it's under like our banner. So okay, all right, be cool. Like they've done like six or seven episodes on like various stuff on like Star Trek movie on Song of Ice and Fire on like these different stuff. Though 
That's pretty I think cool. that's a great idea because you guys have been listening to us do this terribly for five years. And so I'm sure every time you listen to an episode, you're like, I could do a podcast episode. I'm pretty sure you just tell a bunch of bad jokes. Um, <laughs> and so now they can. They can tell all the bad jokes and then submit that, right, for release on any topic? Yeah, pretty much anything. Like uh, It was being organized through the forum, so it slowed down when that happened. But they, they are still like they're, they're in touch with you. If you go to, if you go to the website... Uh, vokpodcast.wordpress.com you can contact people running it like I'm in contact with them but they're just doing various shows and anything right now that's cool that's really that's an awesome venture it's, like a, it's a subculture that. of a subculture because like it's like everyone there <laughs> listens to us so they still like refer to us and stuff and like um, our, like what things we've talked about maybe like when we were reviewing the show they, they, they talk about us and continue onwards I think that's that's really awesome because I you know I want for us to have all of our listeners as guest hosts but it's been difficult obviously um, yeah. being yeah. able to get everyone on who's ever wanted to be on an episode so it'd be really nice to listen to their opinions and their thoughts on their podcast so that is a well, great they, idea they had another uh, meeting in the UK uh, where, and then like like where we had all our listeners get together there in London and then the, they had like an interview with them there which is cool I saw that, yeah, the meetup that they do in London. It's so awesome. <clears throat> Very cool. And also, I know that you guys probably have talked about this, but I just I wanted to thank the listeners for um, who nominated us for the Geeky Awards. Mm. Uh, because now we get to say we're an award-winning <laughs> podcast yeah. for yeah. Best Sci-Fi Fantasy Podcast. Amen. Yeah, we need to put that banner on the site somewhere, I think. Like, like put it in the corner or something, like that award. Yes. Banner? Well, there's actually there's two awards. There's there's the one we won, the best sci-fi fantasy, but then there's also the uh, the nomination banner for uh, best podcast. Best, best podcast. It's blowing so, my mind. Do you guys think we could win best podcast? I think we've got a damn good shot. <laughs> Absolutely. Kyle's going to be there, so he'll get the award if we do. I'm gonna be Kyle, there. and if we don't win, do something really embarrassing and angry, <laughs> just like just so we can get on the news or something, you know, just punch somebody, punch your date. I don't know. Um, well, did you see? Um, I don't know if you've heard. Let me get all this information so we can do this. But um, uh, did you guys see the award? What the oh, actual award? Like, if we win, what it looks like? No, is it like an actual physical award? Yeah, it's a trophy. You're gonna mail that to me, right? No, I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? Um, it looks like uh, I'll find it at some point. I think it looks like a phaser, <clears throat> uh, like from Star Trek. But uh, let me send that picture when I can. And also uh, presenters from this year, uh, the presenters that are going to be presenting all the awards and hosting the event is uh, we have Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica is going to be doing it. Uh, Bria Grant, who's from Dexter and Heroes. And Kevin... Oh, my... That's so weird. My ex-boyfriend knows Bria. Like, they grew up in the same town together, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah his best friend is, is her brother. So I just remember hearing about her quite a bit, which oh. is cool. Wow. And uh, Kevin Shinnick from Robot Chicken will be there. So, and, that's uh, really St neat. And Stanley. So, there's a good chance Stan Lee will be there as well. Getting so famous back. people are going to be at least made aware that we exist, right? Yes, absolutely. And I'll get to mingle with them after. So I'll tell them all about the podcast. Invite them on if they're Game of Thrones or, or Song of Ice and Fire fans. That is, that's really awesome. I'm just uh, incredibly humbled that we were nominated for something that is not making fun of us. Um, so... That's really cool. Let me take a look at this trophy that we're clearly going to win. <laughs> Whoa, that's awesome. That's a great that design. That's pretty awesome, yeah. 
I like a lot of the design work that they put yeah. into the Geeky Awards. But is it is only cool. just that one trophy then, or is it going to be other like little prizes, like for like the one that we've already won, for example, maybe a certificate uh, well, or something? We win something for <coughs> for winning best sci-fi fantasy, but I don't know what that is yet. I hope it's like a gift card to a steakhouse, and also that you mail that to me. <laughs> you nope, you mailing all of this stuff to me? Swag bags, Let's all mine. If they win best podcast, there should be more than one of those. Like they should have four of them. Like it's not, it's just plastic, right? Like <laughs> You're not gonna make four of them. Yeah, they will because if, if, it's just the best podcast. They should have one for each of the hosts. Like that, that would make sense, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, even like yeah. a mini gun or something, like three other little mini ones or something. Like, we'll just make <laughs> our own. We'll just make our own warts. Like if we win it. Let's be real. <laughs> I'm gonna get this. You guys can make your own versions out of Legos. <laughs> yeah, right. You're never gonna see this. If, if Kyle and Mimi ever meet, Mimi will. I don't even uh, need to. My best friend is, is moving down to LA. I'm just gonna make right. her like stalk Kyle and steal this award <laughs> from me. So. I know she could probably she, she could probably seduce me and steal it after she roofies me. I, I hope she listens to all these episodes so she knows that I'm making plans with her life. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I'm really excited about that. August 18th, they're gonna do the live stream of the awards. So. Um, you know, I would really, really like to be Skyping with you, I mean, and Ashley, whenever this is going down. Cool. So you guys oh, can watch. Be amazing. Yeah, I think it would be really cool that we could all sort of share this moment together as if we were all there. And then Kyle and his escort can um, not be included <laughs> on this party. <laughs> I'll Skype going on my phone live from the event. Do you know who you're taking, Kyle? Like you have two tickets or one or who are you going with? I, I can bring a plus one, yes. And uh, since none of you guys are going to be making it out, um, I'm going to find some hooker on the street. No, I'm going to find someone to bring with me. Uh, we'll it's going to be a hooker, and please make sure you punch her if we don't yeah. win. <laughs> if you go with Guys Night Out canon, it'd be uh, Fabio, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. But anyway, I guess that's it for this episode, you guys. So, um... Listeners, uh, thank you so much for sticking with us, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Have a good night. See you next time. Later, guys. I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in forever. Definitely not since before Asia, right? Yeah, when was the last time we talked with you as in an episode? It was it was before Asia because I I did an episode with you guys yeah. and then I was like I'll be back you guys right after I get back from China I'll do the rest of the Storm <laughs> of Swords episodes and uh, I did not so I didn't watch the rest of the season. No problems. How's it going, Mimi? Was was it good the rest of the season? Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm trying to remember. It feels like it was so <laughs> long ago. Um. We had a big debate about like wilding attack strategies or something like that. I remember. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I. It's so weird. People are always talking about Game of Thrones all around me, all day, every day. Like people are always like making references to the show. I assume because they don't seem like references to the book, and uh, it's just bizarre how it's become this huge like pop culture thing. Yeah, it's cra- it's huge. It's amazing how big it is. It's wild. I mean, it's HBO's second highest rated show ever, and it's just what was their highest rated? Sopranos. Sopranos, yeah, and uh, it's just everywhere. Just everywhere. It's wild. It's it's so strange to me. I didn't think that it would get the reception that it it has, but and one person hasn't watched it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So are you going to watch season three, maybe? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I watched season two with Cam, and I I guess we could watch season three together, but I'm really, really trying to get him to read the books. Like, it, every day that he doesn't is killing me. Because um, I just don't want him to watch, you know, everything and then read the books later and then have that mindset that the TV show is canon, you know, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people do. Um like well, I don't want him a question to... though maybe like because we, we we talked about this many times I might not even bring it up again because it'll annoy people but it, it's just like you know that the show is probably going to catch up to the books and get ahead anyway so you, uh, you I, I don't think you're going to watch the I mean, show thanks. to that point right you're probably going to stop watching yeah. and wait for oh the yeah yeah like yeah it's she's already not. stopped yeah she's yeah, well, yeah I'm already <laughs> stopped and it stop. spoiled nothing <laughs> I well, stopped before it was cool yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, Mimi, though. They're starting to drop little tidbits in the show that are possibly events that haven't happened yet in the books. That's so horrible. How can you guys watch that? Like, how? I, there were a few moments where I was like, I need to stop watching the show. So, well, I'm going to watch thankfully, season four and then make a decision after that point, I think. Yeah, thankfully, they were small enough that I didn't, like, just punch around them. <laughs> but do you guys remember that, like, just the sheer emotion that you received when reading those books, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, like, wanting to race ahead to the next POV, you know, from that mm-hmm. particular character. That was just, it was just incredible, like, that feeling of, of constant surprise and amazement and fixation on the books. And I just couldn't imagine reading the books without that, you know? Without that, like, that joy and that surprise and that utter heartbreak. But I just don't think that watching it on TV comes anywhere close, you know? Well, you're a you're a huge book reader. I mean, there are so many people out there who don't don't enjoy reading. That, uh, and they do <laughs> and enjoy I television. And I one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they enjoy the medium of television and how that plays out. Well, so you guys, I guess I assume you guys all watched the Red Wedding scene. Was that anywhere near the intensity it was for you in the books? They they changed it up. They actually added some extra brutality to it. But um, whereas in the books you cared for uh, almost every character involved, in the show you only cared about like two or three or, mm-hmm. you know like four characters instead of instead of like all of Rob's Bannermen and stuff you really only cared about Rob and his mom right um but uh but yeah they added extra a little something extra brutal to it that kind of that was uh, I'm sure George was like oh why didn't I think about writing that in <laughs> oh man but I just I just think about that last line like not my hair Ned loved my hair and I'm just like it's it just gives me chills every time I think about how well the end of that chapter is written you know and I don't just know. Just like, such I, a hopeless romantic. Yeah, it had yeah. a good impact. On, I mean, it had that impact it needed to on the people that were TV viewers, like you saw. On the illiterate days. people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and see, that's the thing is that, like, when I just, I really don't want Cam to watch the show anymore, is because I want him to know that feeling when he reads mm. it, you know. And um, you know the, the horror. Wait, is he watching the show? He's not. Um, I don't let him. So. <laughs> He gets punished if he, he watches an episode. <laughs> like, we well, we watched season two together, and I think that that was such a painful experience for him that he probably doesn't want to repeat that anytime soon. <laughs> um, but you know, we did start watching um, season three together, and you know, it's it's kind of fun watching with him because he has these firsthand reactions to things that I already expect. Um, but I would keep thinking about how much more fun it would be if if I was reading it to him or something, you know. So read it to him. I, 
Yeah, I think I'm going to because right now we are like almost halfway through Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix um, and, and my reading adventures. And that is Ugh. already really fun because I'm reading it to him and he is very like reactive and excited about it. Um, so <laughs> this is like a YouTube video or something where there's like this female reader is really into the books and her boyfriend hasn't read them and they're trying to do like a role play from the books. Oh, God. And the guy gets so creeped out because she does all the, the different like ones where like you're Tyrion, I'm Shay, or what are these are different com- Jamie Lannister and all these ones. And the guy just gets so creeped out. It's a pretty funny video. That, that should be incredibly creepy. No, no, I just I, I love it because it feels like reliving the first times that I read the books, you know, like all the things that I really enjoyed about it. I like reading it to him and just kind of being like involved in his first exposure to these books that are so important to me. So I was thinking, because I remember when we first started dating, I read China Mayville's Pretty the, the Street Station to him. So You're claiming his book, Maidenhead. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's, it's weird. Uh, I just really <laughs> want to be involved in it. Like, I don't want him to start reading Song of Ice and Fire without me because I want to interject my opinions every three seconds. So, <laughs> Does he know what kind of lady boner you have for Mayville? Uh, yes, he knows. Cause I, I talk about it all the time about how I'm going to try to get him to marry me, and uh, I don't. I don't think he really liked that. But. Solid. But what have you? What have you been up to, Kyle? Uh, just working and um, uh, working some more, and uh, nothing too exciting to tell. You know, Agata's moving down there in September. My BFF. So, Agata. Oh, really? Yep. Her boobs are leaving Texas and moving down to LA. So oh, welcome. <laughs> you make sure to show her a good time down there. I know. I'll show her a good time. All the good times you're missing in LA. Right. Seriously. That sounded. Everyone. Kind of everyone I love is leaving me. What's she coming out here for? She just doesn't want to live in Dallas anymore. <laughs> okay. She's literally moving to LA. She doesn't have a job lined up, so I don't know what she's really? gonna do. Yeah. I don't know. If you are looking for anyone who wants to hire a beautiful Polish girl, you should let me know. I'll hire her, all right. <laughs> Shut up. Kyle will give her a Dornish man's <laughs> welcome. So. <laughs> Can trickle oh, down. By the way, to... so, Kyle, you, you, you said you probably won't be able to make the convention next year, but what about, what about you, Mimi, for the Ice and Fire convention? When is that? It's going to be in May, let me, I think May 14th or something, mid May. So, didn't you guys go this year? We did, yeah. How was it? It was awesome. We actually one of we did an episode on it, like where we talked about it. Uh, and you met Ashley, right? Yeah, I met Ashley. I, I just like I haven't been <laughs> involved in any of this. How was meeting Ashley? How was it like? <laughs> Mimi was hasn't cool. met anyone yet, and it means meeting everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, this we don't. This is me just like fucking trying to overthrow me quietly, wanting up everything on you. Well, nobody, nobody has met Mimi. We have no, we have no. Like confirmed evidence, Mimi is who she says she is. Says she is. I'm not a real Mimi person. Okay. Yeah, Mimi's like a computer. Like it's a meme bot. Mimo three thousand is just like this AI. Like, <laughs> it's the worst computer program ever. I don't even make it to podcast recordings. Yeah, you guys like, demand yeah, a refund. I am a robot. So that's crazy, though. You and Ashley, and you and Kyle. Now, if Kyle meets Ashley, I'm just officially like not even in this podcast anymore. I'm like so excluded, uh. right? But at, at the convention, we already have confirmed uh, Alex from Tower of the Hand will be there as well next year. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, FT Ward will be there and Mordian as well. 
Cool. Nice. Well, I I guess I can see Morty in anytime I want it. I just need to be like, hey, do you want to hang out? You live. In- well, he said he said he might be driving, so you could catch a ride. It's like a twenty hour drive from Texas to. I'm sure what he wants to do is ride for twenty hours with me and just basically listen to everything I've ever said on a podcast episode all over again. So, no, I would really like to go. So I guess my whole issue before when I was at the surgery center is like I just always worry that I shouldn't take time off because I have these long trips to Asia. But this is next May, and it's it's the it's the Friday and the weekend, so you only really need to take the Friday off because you can fly home Sunday night. Yeah, I think that would work. Right now, I get off early on Fridays every weekend, every week because oh, we yeah, close yeah. early. So I think that I think that would really work. I think I'd like to do that. Where okay. is it? I'll, I'll email you the details, but it's in Ohio, like at Ravenhood Castle. The thing is, we need to get you confirmed before it fills up. That's why we'd have to okay. confirm this month. Yeah. Well, then yeah, then we can definitely confirm me for that. Cool. Then, That'd be it's awesome. In May. Um, if, if we can get a bunch of listeners out there, that would be really, really cool. Well, it, that's what I say. You are. Like all, all of this that we talked about <laughs> right now, we'll put in the after show of this episode. So for the people listening, go to oh, yeah. Ice and Fire Convention 2014, August 1st. Tickets will be on sale and you need to buy them that day and get your room. It's going to fill up. I mean, it's all about the after shows. So <laughs> like, are you, you stay there at Ravenwood Castle, right? Yep. Yeah, like we we uh, I actually I I got like a cabin for four. It'll be me, FT Ward, Alex, and probably Mordian in there. So it'll be like the party Ooh, cabin, boys' house. Yeah, bro fest. <laughs> um, and then Ashley is, is rooming with some of the other girls, so you could room with them. Okay, I was like, where where am I gonna stay? <laughs> they got room, but we we have to confirm you before August first before it fills up. Like this is the chance for you to get confirmed. Okay. So well, I'll I'll stay with anybody, so cool. it doesn't really matter. Um, but that sounds really fun. <laughs> Then we'll then we'll do a fundraise for Kyle so we can get Kyle out there. Like, cause yeah. cause we could get Kyle in our cabin. He just have to sleep on the floor. Like, we'll get him like a sleeping bag or something. Like, wow, I feel so yeah. degraded. <laughs> but but Kyle, if rest- can, I mean, can you come? Uh, I could. It's just probably cost wise because you got to fly. He's got to fly the furthest from LA, right? Uh, so, yeah, probably. But, yeah, um, but we could do like a fundraising drive at that time, maybe to try to. <laughs> please, please confirm, Kyle. Please confirm what mm-hmm. enough money to buy me a plane ticket? No, please confirm that you will be available to go, and then we'll. Oh, uh, May yeah. of next year. Yeah. Oh, I'd have to. For, for Kyle, it might be hard to do. Like uh, that's what I'm saying. For Mimi, let's get you booked in there. For Kyle, worst mm-hmm. come the worst, we can get him into our cabin, and he would just need an air mattress, and he can sleep there. So like we can get Kyle in there later. But I would say for okay. Mimi, let's just get get you confirmed because we can confirm, right? And then Kyle, yeah. we can talk like a month or two before the event and try to get in there that'd be cool it would really be cool if we all met or if i met you and we can continue to keep kyle out of this circle (laughs) (laughs) or you and ashley yeah all right that's me um if the four of us are there we could do a panel there it'd be awesome we could do a podcast recording yeah could do that whoa board game like they have like uh karaoke they have like all these different drinking games it's crazy do you guys did you guys larp Mimi no. so Actually, no, no, they so, did. They did do uh, like a tournament. Did they really? A fighting tournament. Yeah, it was awesome. They had like a three-way fight between Jamie, John, and Robert. Who won? It was. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I think it was John. I think it was John. I'd have to check. John Snow. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have to double-check that. This is very unrealistic. Like John Snow, not like someone LARPed as John Aaron or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would <laughs> what? be better. I don't know. I mean, everyone was, was the cosplay. People who cosplayed as them. Jamie owned uh, like the one of the Boltons in like one move. It was funny. What did they fight with? <laughs> like these foam swords. <laughs> that's that's adorable. I really want to see that. What, did Ashley cosplay? 
She did. She was Cersei. I think she was Cersei the whole weekend. Yeah. There were That's pictures cool. of her all over the place. Well, I'm sorry. I haven't been yeah. active on the BB's, internet. BB's been out of the country for a long time. Isn't there a picture of that right on our Facebook page? <laughs> I'll send you the, the, the some of the photos. Oh, don't make it easy for her. <laughs> nice and fire con. Bam. But that's I guess cool. I'll mention that's uh, cool. something else. Like, I guess w- what the episode will be will just be the chapter plus a massive after show. Because people will want to listen to this. So if since we're talking about after show kind of stuff, Kyle and I are on Tumblr now. <laughs> the, the goddamn fucking Tumblr. I tell you what, man. I don't know what's going on in that place. It's like the dark corner of the internet. Yeah. People are raging about the books and like having debates and stuff. So, the... <laughs> I still don't know how that place works. <laughs> It's weird. But you can ask us questions on there now. Like We use the ask me option. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that seems to be the only reason I'm like still <laughs> checking it every day. Is so people can ask questions. Um, but other than that, I just... I don't know. By the way, I saw the picture of Ashley dressed as Cersei. Very babely. That is cool. Very babely. Who would you cosplay I mean, did you like... Huh? Uh, I, I would cosplay... Like this year I didn't because I had trouble getting stuff there. But I'll probably cosplay next year. But I was going to say, who yeah, would, so who would you we can like, probably actually even post pictures of you if you're cosplaying. Yeah. Ow, ow! Right? Uh, no, I don't I'll know. Put a there's, just, on. there's not enough people of color in Westeros, so well, I don't. Let's think about Mimi. She could be. Uh, think about Mimi. You can be whoever the hell you want to be. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Not enough Asians in Westeros, man. I thought they were going to make you, the Dornish people look somewhat Asian to compensate. Could just be like a Dothraki, like escape Dothraki, like Khaleesi or something, or. Have you been uh, keeping up with the casting, Mimi? Like who they? Yeah, cast I saw Red that Viper? they cast Oberyn. I no. <laughs> what? Like even when they cast people of color, it's just like the most Caucasian possible. Like, just I don't know. There was there was some uh, fights over that and debates and whatever. Like yeah, just there was like really yeah. an opportunity for HBO to cast somebody like dark skinned, you know for a role and they didn't once again so I don't know I'm like not super thrilled about that but I think all the Dornish are just gonna end up looking vaguely ethnic yeah. so that HBO can keep them attractive to TV audiences but I'm really disappointed to see nobody even remotely Asian looking in the show to my knowledge uh, I feel like that would have been a really good opportunity Beric Dundarian well, they, they don't have. I'm, I'm trying to think of like who they could. I mean, the, Asian is something in the books that is missed. Like, I mean, the books have people of other backgrounds. The people who are Asian are just not even on screen. Like, they exist. Like he's talked about them, but they're at the edge of the the map, right? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, exist, like obviously the Dothraki or anyone involved yeah, in any of that area in Danny's world could have been easily made Asian looking. You know, yes. even in Karth, they could have done something. Um, but. They never did, and that's really disappointing because I feel like the Asians, even just their appearance, are like severely underrepresented in TV. And I think, especially with the fantasy genre, it would have been an opportunity, especially when they were so clearly spelled out to be Asian-looking. In the case of the Dothraki, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that if they wanted weren't to go in a different be, direction, I mean, weren't they supposed to be a Mongolian Native American mix? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is, I mean, the description of almond eyes. I mean, like almond-shaped eyes in and of itself should have been like, hey, you should cast Asian people for this. And if they didn't because they really, really wanted Conan, then that's, I mean, they, there's a lot of opportunities that they had um, in in Essos, you know, to cast Asian char- characters, but they didn't. And I was kind of hoping that the Dornish would just because we wanted, you know, I assume they wanted to separate them from the rest of Westeros society. 
um, with distinguishing facial characteristics that could, you know, vary depending on whether they were like salty Dornish or Sandy. Um, but they didn't do we that all, either. So. We all know the real reason you want them to cast Asians as the Dornish. Well, I just want to see my people on screen. No, that's not it. Well, what is it then? Come on, Mimi. What? I'm refusing to dignify your accusation with an answer. <laughs> you want to be Ariel Martel. No, I would need to learn how to act for that to be. <laughs> and I would need to also be British. So none of those things are, are factors. But it would be great to see an Asian Ariel Martel. How beautiful would she be? They need to have like some Asian ambassador in the background of King's Landing. Just have him there. Because like, it would be there, like a merchant or... Something like that. Well, you know, and just, I just feel like, the, you know, there's a lot of uproar about whitewashing, and, and I just think it's really sort of proven itself with Game of Thrones. Like, there were a lot of opportunities to cast people of color in important roles, and they didn't, you know? So, that's well, disappointing. Well, they, they, they did some. I mean, you haven't seen season three. I mean, they have uh, Grey Worm is, is, is black, and he's pretty cool, the character, so. Well, that's good. At least he's a somewhat important character, so. He's badass in this show. And many people being they're, they're being like you have to first see how this guy acts and second see the rest of the cast before they go crazy about it. Like uh, yeah, I think it's too early to go crazy. Some people are. Well, I'm sure he'll be good because I just don't feel like they've ever hired any actors that I think are yeah. disappointing actors. You know, like I think they always do a really good job in their roles. But I don't know, just a little disappointed on that front, but not super upset. I mean, George was talking about it in his blog, and it seems like he was. He was close to that side of the spectrum on his view of Dorne, but doesn't mean when you read. He said himself, when you read the books, you can have your own picture in your head. It's fine. And when I read the books, yeah. George, everybody is Asian, so get on it. Um, I guess we should start the podcast episode. Yeah. All right. You're listening. So this is going to be episode uh, one fourteen for the week of July fourteenth. Um. Am I supposed to? Sure. You haven't totally done it for a while. Ah. Yeah, this is what you get. You always start it off and finish it off, right? <laughs> what are we talking about? The episode? Or? <laughs> All right. Let's see. It's already 10 o'clock. Fuck our one hour episode recording. This is bullshit. Um, I, think well, I said 930. I said we start 930, right? So we have half an hour left, which we can cover a chapter in half an hour. No, no, we no, we can't. We've never done that, I mean. Yeah, we have. Yes, we, can. we can do it. <laughs> All right, guys, so I wanted to do a small episode based purely around conventions because uh, there's a lot coming up, and I really want you guys to know everything you need to know about them. Um, Later on, Tara, who did the Ice and Fire convention, will join us, and I'll be talking with her quite a bit about next year's Ice and Fire convention as well as this year's Dragon Con, which I will be attending. Um, Basically... It's more just talking about Dragon Con, not necessarily all the Game of Thrones stuff, but we do get into the Game of Thrones uh, and a Song of Ice and Fire related activities that are going on and photo shoots and whatnot. So that information will be there, but it is a lot of just kind of what to expect at Dragon Con because I'm a complete noob and she's been there a few times. So it goes Dragon Con and then it goes Ice and Fire Convention. So if you want to skip the Dragon Con stuff, you got to just keep going forward uh, it's quite a ways in and uh, yeah and then we go into that but first of all I wanted to say that I am actually going there is a convention coming up in Toronto called Atomic Lollipop now this convention is very different from your typical convention in the sense that it's more 
a celebration of geek culture as well as raving and um, anime and uh, it's it's just a, and carnival. It, it's a giant party basically. I mean, I, I don't know how. It's it's the most p- party con that I've ever been to, and it is so much fun. And I, uh, if you're in Toronto, I highly recommend it. And there's other reason why you should show up. It's uh, Christian Nair, the Hodor, is going to be in attendance. He is DJing. Like I said, a uh, rave is a big, big part of this. There's constantly music playing outside. There's a big outdoor stage where there's a DJ lineup that goes on for quite a long time. This thing goes well into the middle of the night. Uh, I think last year I conked out around 3.30 a.m., but it went on longer. I think 4 a.m. is when it stopped. Um, he's going to be there, and when I heard that, I was like... Well, they, they had a Game of Thrones panel last year, and I was just, uh, you know, I went there. I enjoyed it. And uh, I said, hey, are you going to have one this year? Because I'd love, like to be a part of it. And, um, not only that, but, uh, they decided, hey, do you have any other programming ideas? So, um, as far as I know for sure, I am running four events. We, I will be doing a panel on the game versus the book, which is more just complaining about it, because, you know, I, I do that well. Um, another one will talk about prophecies, theories, crack theories, and just all the f- fun predictions that we can come up with in the future. And then two of the events I'm running will be Cards Against Westeros, which we joked and talked about quite a bit before talking about the Ice and Fire Con. I've uh, printed up off a copy, and so we're definitely going to play some of that because it was so much fun. And the other one would be the, the Game of Thrones drinking game, which uh, I believe I spoke about briefly anyways. I have since bought it. <laughs> And we will be playing that. Um, it's it's a board game. That's that's what I like about it. Is that it's not just you know take a drink every time Ned dies or Stark dies or something. So I'm, I'm, we're gonna test the limits of how many people can play at once because a convention, it, it, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people there, and I only have one game, <laughs> so I feel bad about that. But we're we're gonna see how far we can push that. Uh, more people means the longer it goes. Uh, the Cards Against Westeros and the drinking game has two-hour time slots, so that's a lot of time to get wasted <laughs> and uh, play Cards Against Westeros a few rounds, anyways. Um, it's definite. This this convention is if you like to have fun, it's definitely worth going to. You don't have to be into anime. You don't have to be a raver. You don't have to be a brony, but it's it, it is you know more. It's not as young as an anime convention is, but it's not as old as a Comic-Con is, if, if that makes sense. It's kind of in the middle. You've got... It's a lot of college age, I'd say. Um, you know, it's 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 a party crowd. And uh, we like to party. <laughs> but I also... I mentioned Carnival. That's... Uh, there's... The last two years, there was a Ferris wheel. One of the years, we had a spider ride. Like, and... Um, there's a big, we, we take over the parking lot as well, so there is a large outdoor space. It's at a new venue this year, so I'm not sure exactly how it's going to all work out. But, I mean, that's a huge selling part, point of the convention is, you know, we have rides. <laughs> We're a carnival. There, there's, a, like, there's a lot of circus-like acts. Um, I mean, last year they had one of those trapeze 
setups that they have. Um, and uh, there's a bouncy castle, and there's usually those bouncy jousting, and uh, very, uh, there's been bull riding. Uh, if you go to the Atomic Lollipop Facebook page, it'll tell you a lot more because there is so much stuff going on, I cannot possibly list it all. A lot of arts and crafts. There's a steampunk prom this year. Burn, burn, revolution. There, this this person has made a dance dance revolution uh, hooked up to a flamethrower, pretty much. Or <laughs> there's fire involved in this DDR game. Uh, um, I believe there's a lightsaber battle this year. Uh, PJ Phil's gonna be there. If any of you are watched the Zone from YTV, that's a Canadian thing. Um, live action Mario Kart. Uh, I'll I'll get I'll put up a YouTube video so that you can see blanket forts. Uh, oh yeah, Disney karaoke. That was something I did last year. So much fun. Uh, it's exactly what it sounds like, but just imagine everyone singing Disney karaoke. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, lots of arts and craftsy things. I think one of the things I suggested. I don't know if they're they're gonna do it. Is uh you know making your own house banners. But last year I made my own cock block. It's a chicken, or a rooster, shaped as a block, and it sits on my nightstand. Uh, like, little plushy-type things that you can make, uh, like there was mini hats. Um, there's a giant pillow fight last year, I don't know if they're having it this year. Uh, this, there's, um, I mean, it's, and it's not all cosplay, like, there's a lot of Lolita fashion and Visual K, um, and a lot of rave gear, but, I mean, it's, it's not as cosplay as say an anime convention it's it's more bright it's, it's more just you know lots of colors Lo well lots of people ready for the rave at night and like i said that goes all night long and outside there's always uh, music going on the kigurumi fight club kigurumi i'm probably saying that wrong but you know those uh thing you see Mimi in wearing in the, in one of her profile pictures. <laughs> There's a fight club and you have to wear one of those. That reminds me I have to remember to pack that. Mine. Harajuka fashion party. Ooh. Uh, everyone who bought their tickets before July 19th gets a free nerf, nerf gun. That's the kind of uh, place this is. <laughs> I think there's a giant nerf gun fight at some point. Anyways. So that's Atomic Lollipop. That's coming up August uh, August 2nd to 4th. Um, three days long. I highly suggest if you're in the Toronto area that you should definitely check it out. Now on to the Dragon Con portion. You know, I never, no one really even tried to explain Dragon Con to me. I, I'd only had, like, one real-life friend who'd actually gone to it before, and when I asked him about it, he was like, I can't explain it, I you just have to go. And I was like, you're not helping me at all here. And he was like, you know, write down what you want to do, you know, and know that you're going to miss half of it, and <laughs> you're going to drink a lot, 
and uh, you're not going to get much sleep and remember to shower. And I was like, do we, do we really have to tell people to remember to shower? Isn't that just... <laughs> For guys, yes. Apparently. <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> All right. Um, so for people who have gone to conventions before, how is Dragon Con different from your typical convention experience? Oh, God. Well, I actually, surprisingly, don't have that much to compare it to. Um, I've been to, like, Star Wars Celebration, you know, which is obviously a one-genre, not even genre, it's, it's, you know, it's just Star Wars, kind of like Ice and Fire Con was just, uh, um, yeah, so anyway, like, I've only been to, like, the first convention I went to was Celebration, Star Wars Celebration, which is just Star Wars. You know, it's much bigger than, like, Ice and Fire Con was, thousands of people and everything, but... You know, we went there and we went on kind of one of the dead days and we went to a panel. I don't even remember what it was about. It wasn't that interesting. And then uh, we wandered around the dealer room for like ever and we went and got drinks in their little like Hoth themed bar. And, um, you know, it was, it was really just kind of a wandering around relaxing day. I, maybe half the people were in costume, which seems does it sounds like it's a lot but for some reason and i actually i guess it did seem like a lot at the time you know when you go to dragon con probably only about 20 percent, 30 percent of the people are in costume oh, really? at any one time yeah but you don't you it seems like so much more because it's fifty thousand people yeah like well i'm looking at all the videos and it just seems like costumes 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 yeah yeah and i i was shocked when people said that you know on average maybe a quarter or a third of the people dress up. Now, I don't know if they're, it's probably more than that total, but, you know, at any one time, there's only that many people dressed up, you know. So DragonCon was the one I went to after Star Wars Celebration. So it was like, I, I was like so overwhelmed. I mean, you know, five hotels. My first day, I didn't even leave the Hyatt until I think it was like four, three or four o'clock in the afternoon when I finally wandered over to the Marriott, which is where, like, that's, like, Cosplay Central for okay. Dragon Con. Um, you know, so wandering from the Hyatt over to the Marriott was just this huge, holy crap, where did all these people come from? And everybody's in costume, and it's also awesome. Um, so, uh, why is the Marriott the Cosplay Hangout? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, I guess, you know, it's it's probably something that... It, it, it is kind of probably the most central location. It's it's right smack in between the Hyatt and the Hilton, which are the two other big hotels. Like the Sheridan and, and the Westin are not attached to those three, whereas you can you know walk right from the Hyatt to the Marriott to the Hilton all in the Habit Trail things. Okay. So I think it's just probably because they're all you know right there connected to each other. Marriott's right in the center. It is the biggest by far. Um, you know, so I think, and, and they've got like a, a much bigger, like bar area there and stuff, uh, and a lot more open space, um, on the main floors. So I think it's just kind of, you know, it, it, God knows how long ago it became the place where everybody hung out in their costumes. And, and it just has kind of remained that simply because it is the biggest and, and most central like location. Um, but I mean, I had no idea because, like I said, the information I was given about DragonCon was so minimal. And uh, I wish I'd known about, like, the DragonCon Reddit page and stuff like that. Because 
you, you know, a person asks like, what do I, what's my not, you know, don't miss things that I need to do at Dragon Con. And, and within 24 hours, there's like 80 comments about all the awesome things that you can do. And, and I didn't do any research like that. I'm so relying was... on you to point me in the right direction. <laughs> I'm just like too much stuff. I, I don't know where to go. Follow Tara. Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of last year I was there um, Thursday night and all day Friday and my husband didn't get there to like 11 o'clock Friday night and we just finished some cosplay stuff in our room and went to bed and I took him over to the Hyatt like first thing the next morning and he was like, what, do, what am I doing here? Like, what do we what do we do? Like, where do I go? Uh, he pretty much at any because I had a couple of writers workshops and he got like I left him by himself a few times. I was like, you know, wander, wander down the habit trail, go to the Marriott, just make sure you're back here by this time. And he, I came out for my writer's workshops. He was like, yeah, I just sat at the bar the whole time. He was like, I didn't want to get lost. There's too many people. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so it's definitely, you know, really overwhelming. I mean, I went to MegaCon in Orlando last, uh, last, this past March, um, like a little over a month before Ice and Fire Con. And that was, you know, I had a good time and, and I had, you know, I have a lot of friends in Orlando from when I used to live there and, and I got to hang out with them at Megacon and stuff. But Megacon was, it was really Star Trek centered this year. I think that was part of the problem. And I'm not, I'm just not a big Star Trek fan. I have nothing against it. It's just not my thing. And, uh, you know, so there was a lot, most of the panels and stuff were all Star Trek themed. So again, I spent all day Saturday just kind of wandering around the dealer room, you know, wandering around the halls, looking at people's costumes and stuff. And, um, just going from, that was the first con I got, I was able to go to, you know, since Dragon Con. So going from Dragon Con to that was like, it was almost, I mean, to be honest, it was a huge letdown. It was, it was, it was definitely, I mean, I still had fun, but it was, it was definitely not what I was expecting having, having been at Dragon Con most recently. Um, like, like with me, I, I find that like the multiple genre conventions, it tends to be more of a giant dealer's room, whereas a specific one is more of a community. Like when I go to a Harry Potter convention, it's very much everyone's friends with everyone else. Uh, the panels, you kind of know what to expect. Right. Who's going to be on it and whatnot. Whereas the like fan expo, which is, I guess, our Toronto's answer to Comic-Con, is more just a very large dealer's room and uh, famous people. Yeah, and and that's the one thing about Dragon Con is that it's a really good balance between. I mean, this year I I I actually only went to one of their dealer rooms last year, and it was like the smallest one. I totally never even saw the others or knew where they were because I was so busy with other stuff and, and just overwhelmed and um. You know, this year they've moved all the dealers into one one place called the America's Mart. It's it's uh, between the Hyatt and the West End. So, um, you know, and, and there's so many specific tracks, and every single one of those tracks has panels from 10 o'clock in the morning until like 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. So, like the American sci-fi fantasy media, they have like Battlestar Galactica, Once Upon a Time, Game of Thrones, the TV show, not the books. And, uh, you know, they have, I think this year they, they put out a tentative schedule and they have like five Game of Thrones panels spread throughout the weekend. 
um, and like four Battlestar panels, like three or four Once Upon a Time panels, along with several other shows that are under their umbrella. And that's just one track. You know, that, you know, there's like the fantasy literature track has the Song of Ice and Fire series and like the Pern stuff. And they have um, Peter, Peter S. Beagle, the guy who wrote Last Unicorn, he's going to be there. And he's one of the, yeah, he's going to, he's one of the guests that's, I think that fantasy lit track is having probably a panel with him or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so there's, I don't know, a dozen or more tracks and every single one of them has stuff going on all day. And it's like, if you want to stick with one track and then it, it kind of almost is like, you know, a, like a single genre con in that respect. Okay. Uh, now you said Game of Thrones is one and then the Song of Ice and Fire is another. How does it balance? Like, will you, will they cross with the, like, will they be against each other in timing or will they try to? I don't know. I, I hope they won't be, you know, fighting with each other for timing because, you know, I, I, I last year um, they didn't. But last year um, the, they, they combined a lot of the tracks for this year, um, which sounds like it would be bad. But what they did was like they had like a sci fi and fantasy literature track. They they split that and then they combined like the, the Pern had a separate track and they combined Pern with the fantasy literature and stuff. So they split some things, combined some others to kind of streamline stuff, you know, so it's going to be different this year. But I know last year there was only one Game of Thrones, or there's, I'm sorry, there are two Game of Thrones panels for the show and one for the books. Um, well, yeah, the popularity seems to have skyrocketed this mm-hmm. past year. Well, I know last year the uh, the Game of Thrones panel on Saturday night that I was um, I was a panelist on, mm-hmm. they closed. The, it was in a small track room, and usually those panels do not fill up. They closed the doors for that one like ten minutes before the panel even started, and they weren't like they were only letting people in as other people were leaving. And there were people like sitting on the floor between the aisles, like lined up. They had too many people in that room. I'm pretty sure it was a fire hazard, (laughs) but, uh, you know, so, and, and they had that one on Saturday night. And the only other game of Thrones panel they had was like late Tuesday or I'm sorry, late Monday afternoon, which most people leave Monday morning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know how crowded that one was. It probably wasn't at all, but, um, but yeah, it was, uh, the, the one Song of Ice and Fire panel that they had was like 10 o'clock Sunday night or something. And I actually didn't even know about it until like an hour before it happened. And I had something else scheduled, like like the hardcore scheduled, like couldn't miss it. So I, I didn't get to go to that panel, which kind of sucked. Are, are you going to do any panels this year? Are you like a guest on any? I don't know. I hope so. Um <laughs> I really it's wanted a little to... late to be finding out, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Last year, I didn't know that I was on. They didn't finalize the panelists for the game for for the sci-fi media track, which had Game of Thrones. They didn't finalize the panelists for that until mid-August. So I didn't okay. know. It was like two weeks before Dragon Con that I found How out. How do you prep for that? <laughs> you don't. I, I read. I read through Clash of Kings, like like speed read it. Yeah. Uh, throughout those last two weeks before I was still reading it at Dragon Con. Um, and I like rewatched, I, I rewatched the show as I was like doing my cosplay stuff on the floor <laughs> in the living room. So, uh, so yeah, it, I, 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 um, you can apply to be a panelist like on the, uh, 
the sci-fi me it's like sci-fi media.dragoncon.org i think is the website um so you can apply to be like a panelist and they've got but they don't even have all of their uh all of their game of thrones panels open you know some of them that's the thing like they all have volunteers that are like set on their tracks and i think that's the thing with the fantasy lit track because i contacted the girl like she's a friend of a friend the girl that runs it and I said you know I would really love to help out with some of the Song of Ice and Fire stuff if, if you schedule anything like I'd love to be a panelist or whatever and she you know no uncertain terms said like all my panelists are like my official volunteers and I don't have room for any more official volunteers for my track so you know I don't I don't know if any probably nothing's gonna come of that but we'll see yeah, Dragon Con, honestly, it's something that everybody should experience, you know, if you're if you're into at least a few of the things that go on. Like, even if you're only into, like, Game of Thrones and, like, Star Trek or something, like, there's so much to do. Like, it's, I, I think it's just, everyone that likes Game of Thrones are such nerds that there'll be something else they like, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's, like, an entire podcasting track, too. <laughs> So learn how horrible we are in comparison. <laughs> I, I see. I don't know. Like I, my uh, my two of my guy friends and I, um, they've they've kind of dragged me into this webcast that they're starting, and uh, you know, it's it's we've recorded several episodes. We haven't aired any yet because it's like, man, it's hard. It's hard to keep on track. Like I, I listen to these podcasts where they they are so you know. At this many minutes and this many seconds, we're switching to this subject. Yeah, I don't know and how they do that. I don't either, because I, I get on a tangent or, or, you know, the last webcast we recorded, we started talking about Dragon Con. Somehow that turned into, no, I'm sorry, we started talking about video games, which somehow segued into Dragon Con, which somehow segued into Battlestar Galactica. It's just how a conversation will go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, and it, and it drives me nuts, too, when I'm listening to those podcasts, that they will cut their conversation off to start the next topic. It's like, no, you keep going, please. Yeah, yeah. So I'd just rather continue and run its course until we're just sitting there like, yeah, 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 maybe we should change topics. <laughs> we have nothing else to talk about. We're twiddling our thumbs. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, the, I mean... I mean, last year I went to panels from, you know, the, the American sci-fi media track, the Tolkien track, the MMO track. I went to their Star Wars Old Republic panel and whatnot. So it was, um, and, and, and I did like a lot of the writers workshops, which actually took up so much of my time. And I think that was another thing I wanted to ask you about is, is I've heard you mention workshops and that's kind of new to me. Like I've been to, uh, like prop workshops, but I haven't really experienced literary workshops before yeah i mean there's there's a costuming track i'm pretty sure they probably have like workshops for like prop workshops and stuff the the um, apocalypse rising track or maybe the horror track one of those does um like a zombie makeup workshop i think um some of them cost money and some of them don't the writers workshops were like eight dollars per workshop um which was honestly like a steal i think i went to maybe I went to maybe eight of them or something, seven to nine, something like that throughout oh, wow. the course of the weekend. And, um, and they were the ones that I went to, um, were mostly the speakers were, um, uh, Michael A. Stackpole and Timothy Zahn, who both wrote a lot of the star Wars, uh, EU novels. 
um, back in like the nineties. Um, and actually I think they still write them now, but, uh, the ones that I all read that I read were like back then in the day. And, uh, you know, so they, like I said, some of them cost money and some of them don't, but they have workshops for probably just about everything. If you have the time to explore every single track, which, which you don't, you never will. <laughs> I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I admit I'm, I'm just, I look at the website. I'm just like, and I look at the list of guests and it just goes on and on and on. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's still growing. Um, they probably won't add that many more, but, uh, I mean, there've been times where Dragon Con was still adding guests like a week or two beforehand. Um, you know, I, yeah, that they, there's, they're still kind of adding them here and there, but, um, I'm hoping that this is kind of, they've gotten kind of to the end of it. Cause I'm already at like, like six times past my limit of, of people that I want to like, I want to meet like all the Battlestar people. I don't have time. Nobody, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Uh, for people who are not used to going to conventions, what it exactly, because this was something that I was always not sure about when I first started, was what's the protocol for famous people? <laughs> well, I don't, you know, I, it really depends. Last year at Dragon Con, I never even made it to the Walk of Fame, which is what they call the area where they have all the um, all the actors and and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and so I never even made it there last year. My first experience with like a walk of fame type thing was at MegaCon when I met, uh, Colonel Ty and, uh, you know, which was awesome because like we walked up and he had no line and we actually stood there and talked to him for like 10 minutes and, and like got autographs, got pictures, you know, it, it was like, I think it was like 40 bucks for the autograph and then like 10 bucks for the picture. And at Dragon Con a lot of the bigger stars won't like, like the people from supernatural or, or, uh, you know, uh, battle star or whatnot that, uh, you know, the, the bigger actors and stuff, they actually don't let you take pictures at their tables at the walk of fame. You can get, you can only get an autograph and then you have to go through, um, Usually there's two main photographer companies at Dragon Con. I'm not sure if there's going to be two this year because right now there's only one listed and it's Froggies, which has like a lot of complaints, <laughs> like a lot. Okay. But uh, yeah, so like if you want photos with the people, you have to purchase the photo ops through Froggies. And like when you do that, you choose a day. And you have to go, you know, see that person at some point during that day. I, I, they may assign you, like, after you purchase it or closer to the convention, they may assign you, like, kind of, you have to show up between 1 and 3 p.m., but I, I honestly am not sure. Um, and, and apparently you're still going to wait. And if it's somebody really popular, like Edward James Almost or something, you're going to wait in a line to get, you know, even though you've already paid for the picture, and you have this day or and or time slot, you know, you're still going to wait a while to to get your picture taken with them, which kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm I'm a shy person, so I've I've never done that. <laughs> I've, I'm always the one who who walks by the autograph section and just stares and then walks away. <laughs> yeah, I the I mean, MegaCon was easy because, like I said, there is there's nobody in. Um, I can't remember the actors. I, I'm like blinking on his name right now, but Colonel Ty, uh, there was like nobody in his line, you know, and my friend that I was with has actually met 
I think Colonel Ty was like one of the last people he from BSG who he hadn't like met yet. Like he already has like uh, he's already met like Jamie Bamber and Katie Sackoff and all them. And uh, so he just kind of walked right up and he started the conversation. And I was just like, OK, I can just stand here and look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's when you were dressed as Starbucks. Yeah, actually, uh, when we walked, when we walked up, my friend said hi first and, and he, Colonel Ty looked up and he, he goes, why aren't you in the brig? Like in his Colonel Ty voice. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in love with you. Same girl moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was, I was like, I, I'm a very like talkative, you know, outgoing person. And I was definitely like struck dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you respond to this? I don't know. Any experience I have had with uh, people is that they have all been very extremely friendly and nice. Yeah, yeah. And I got uh, I got lucky to uh, the first day of MegaCon, the guy who, and again, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who played Boba Fett in like the original Star Wars, uh, one of my friends works for guest services at Disney and he has given, you know, this actor several and his family, several like tours of the parks and stuff. So we, we went into the little walk of fame area at MegaCon early the first day of MegaCon. And, um, we actually, my friend Tarl introduced me to him and, and we got to kind of, I really kind of just stood there and listened to them talk and stuff, but you know, yeah, they were, they were really, really nice. And, er, and both him and, and Colonel Ty were really friendly and everything. So I haven't, as of yet, I haven't had a bad experience, but then I haven't had much experience, so <laughs> I didn't talk. And I, well, my experience has all been of the uh, voice actor, anime kind, so okay. So you know, they're not used to being famous except at conventions, so they're just right. happy, to, you know, to be around people and and people know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like they say it's a little weird to get noticed outside of uh, conventions. Then it gets kind of awkward, but at conventions, it's like, yes, come up, I'll give you a hug. <laughs> I'll sign things. You know, it's like I ever I know several people who are at Comic Con this weekend yeah. and you know, they're all like buying tickets for panels that are selling out literally like three seconds after they go on sale. Yeah. And and it's like you've already paid for a ticket. Wait, and then you have to buy another ticket to a panel and like it's like it's like the Dragon Con room situation. It's like you you're if the site doesn't crash and and everything on your credit card works perfectly you're going to you're lucky and and you get you know you get your ticket to the panel um that's like that's a huge hassle to me i mean it's it was it was uh it was like heart like pounding trying to get my dragon con room last <laughs> year <laughs> i always try to tell everyone whenever they even think that they might be going to a convention the first thing you do is book your room yeah. Well, with Dragon Con, they, um, you can buy tickets for next year's Dragon Con at this year's Dragon Con, which mm-hmm. I did. And, uh, you know, and then the, the hotel room thing is like, uh, it's just, it's just a circus because they use this horrible system called Passkey. And I mean, if you're, if you're at a computer, like say you're at work or something, which yeah. A lot of people are because they go on sale on like a Monday at 10 a.m. or something or Tuesday at 10 a.m. And, uh, you know, so if you're at work and your work has a firewall, it's a very good chance that that something's going to go wrong and you're not going to be able to, you know, by the time you get through, the rooms will be gone. The the Marriott sold out in like, I don't know, 30 seconds or something ridiculous. Uh, 
I had already booked my room at the Hyatt and I had two computers with each one, one with a Firefox window open, the other one with a Google Chrome window open. And I was just like back and forth between the two, which one is faster. Okay. It's this one. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, look, it seems to me that the the Dragon Con hotel is even more epic than any other kind of hotel in a convention. Like it's uh Yeah, they I mean they block and Yes. Yeah, see I don't know anything about I mean I saw a little bit of of DC TV last year when like waiting for panels and stuff, they'll play it uh, they'll play it in the panel room if they have a projector and everything. And uh, so I saw a little bit of it then, but we weren't at a host hotel last year. Um, we were like a couple blocks up the road. So we didn't have DC TV and everybody's like, uh, you know, it's great because if, if you miss a panel, you can, you know, if you, if you can't get in line for a panel in time or something like one of the big ones, you can run up to your room and, uh, and put on DC TV and like watch the panel from your room. Uh, you know, so you don't really miss it or whatever, which, um, to be honest, will I will probably have to do at some point this weekend, <laughs> this year. So that, that sounds amazing because, uh, like when I went to, um, anime central, cause I have a lot of friends in Chicago. So there was like 10 of us over or over that. And, uh, we were all in the same room, <laughs> Nice. but, uh, just trying to coordinate our cosplays. We didn't like to get all in dressed and everything and then leave like it took us ridiculously long to do it oh my god yeah like a good chunk of the convention just trying to get dressed in in this one room and i mean if we could just like part most of the fun was all of us hanging out together so if we could like watch the con from the room while we were getting ready that would have been amazing yeah yeah i honestly we only have the like four people in our room for Dragon Con this year. And I'm already like, Oh my God, how are we going to fit all of us? I mean, it, it's, it's me and um, Frankie from ice and fire con and her and I both have like six costumes, seven <laughs> costumes each for the weekend. And uh, my husband has like three, I think. And, uh, and then Matt from ice and fire con, he's got, I think he's only got like three, but like, you know, that's still, you know, four people in a room and like, it takes me like 30 minutes to get dressed as Cersei. Yeah. And like, then everyone wants the ironing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know shit. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. The bathroom, the bathroom yeah, is that's the where biggest I, I, I tell people, it's like, you know what? You, you might be shy in front of other people, but that changes quick when there's 10 of you in a room and only one washroom. That's when you're like, yeah. am I facing anyone? No. Okay. Time strip. <laughs> Yeah, we we were uh, we were spoiled at I, I, I we were spoiled at Ice and FireCon this year. Uh, next year's next year is going to be interesting because there's going to be like seven, maybe eight of us in that cottage. <laughs> now there there is one and a half bathrooms, and it's it's a much bigger you know cottage. Like I don't know um, I don't know how people do it. You know, like like New York Comic Con the friends I have that go there and get hotel rooms and stuff. Those hotel rooms in New York city are freaking tiny. Yeah, like, I mean, I've been to, I've been to Chicago, not for a convention, but both the hotels I've stayed at in Chicago, the rooms, I was actually shocked at how big they were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the room that Steve and I stayed in for dragon con last year was small. I mean, for the two of us, it was fine, but like, four heavy cosplayers in that room, I don't even think it could have happened. 
it's it's just the room that I'm staying in this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not not the exact room, probably, but yeah. It, there, there's the thing is, there's plenty of storage space, yep. so so that's not really an issue. You know, there's there's a huge closet area, and um, you know, there's there's like a full dresser with drawers. But the problem is, like, between all the that dresser and the little table and the bed, there's like no room to walk around. Okay. You know, it's like try getting, you know, try trying to get laced up into a, so, a three-piece Cersei dress. <laughs> is it a room that we could just shift the beds around? I don't know. I don't I've, know. I've been in a few that, like, they've even been able to lift the bed up and, like, just push it against the wall and just open up the floor space that way. Yeah, there, it, it may be, um, I'm not sure. Uh, it could be the type where you can kind of push the beds together. I, I, I honestly can't remember because we didn't, you know, we didn't bother because yeah. we weren't in, I mean, I think Saturday we went back to the room like once in the middle of the day to uh, grab more alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And uh, yeah, and, um, you know, so we didn't, uh, we don't really spend any time in the room other than like hurry, hurry, rush, rush, getting ready in the morning. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's amazing the tricks you learn when you're trying to stuff 20 people in a single room. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think I've ever done that. I, I've had, I, not not in a tiny room like that. Um, uh, I've had, I think it were probably around 15 in one, but it was a pretty big room and it had two washrooms in it. So that oh, was, yeah, yeah. We were, that was in Chicago. It was like a actual convention hotel. We were very amazed to find the two washrooms and quickly converted one of the bathtubs into an ice box. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good thing is that that little Holiday Inn that you guys are staying at does have like a mini fridge in the room. So that's something. And it's actually, it's a decent size mini fridge, not one of those really awful tiny <laughs> hotel room ones. So plus you guys get... You guys get breakfast included, which and that's is that's important like, when you go to conventioning. Yes, yeah. You yeah. Need that sustenance. Yeah, everybody, you know, everybody says like, you know, make sure you remember to shower, make sure you remember to eat. And it, for me, remembering to shower is not at all an issue. Remembering to eat, on the other hand, I mean, both Dragon Con last year, actually every convention I've been to in the past year, I was lucky to eat like one meal a day, maybe one and a half. Yeah. I always expect to lose weight over conventions. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure my stomach was like caved in after ice and fire con this year. <laughs> Even after the, the big, like awesome feast that we had, that was like the one meal, real meal that I had all weekend. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the good thing, you know, the other thing about being at like in, in a convention, like Dragon Con, you know, where it's, downtown you know like megacon is um it's in orlando on international drive so it's like a huge ridiculous walk to get everywhere at megacon whereas in, Ar in atlanta like if you're at the hyatt you know within like a half a block there's like they have the restaurant and everything in the hotel but then within half a block there's like a starbucks and like a irish pub and a hard rock cafe and stuff like that so it's there's there's a lot of stuff like right there and and you don't have to walk so far. It's the big city thing is definitely definitely a plus. Uh, another thing I was concerned about is with like it's so many people there. Is it hard to get into places to eat on location? Um. Well, I only had like I think I ate 
I ate two sit down meals last year and both times, like one time I walked, it, it was, I think it was kind of early. It was like five o'clock, which is early for dinner at Dragon Con. And, um, I walked into the bar, like restaurant area of the Hyatt and there were like two tables available. So I just like grabbed one, even though I was, I was by myself, but there were no seats at the bar, but there were tables. So, uh, and then Steve and I had like brunch on Sunday and there was like, it was like a 20 or 30 minute wait at the, at the restaurant. But then while we were about 10 minutes after we got there, two seats opened up at the bar. So we just went and sat and ate at the bar. So people, I mean, everybody is in so much of a rush that it's kind of like people are a lot more in and out, not hanging out and, and, you know, kind of squatting at, at restaurant tables and stuff. And there's the big, uh, it probably also helps. There's, there's this like food court area, like right next to the Hyatt. And there's like a caribou coffee that sells sandwiches. And, and Matt and I had sandwiches there one night and it was, you know, five minute wait in line. You grab a sandwich, grab a seat, eat, you know, shove your sandwich down your throat and run on to the next thing. So I, I think everybody's just so intent on doing things that they, they don't take the time to eat like people usually do. Uh, I guess back to Game of Thrones type stuff. What kinds of things do you have in the works for, uh, I guess, cosplay would be? Well, uh, of course, we're doing the modern Game of Thrones characters on Thursday night, which uh, I'm kind of like at first I was like, ah, I should really wear like one of my actual Game of Thrones costumes because I've got, you know, two of them or whatever. But um you know, once, once we actually started planning the modern Game of Thrones thing, it became like this big, exciting thing. So my costume for that night is sort of like a CEO Cersei. And uh, my friend Nick, who dresses up as Jamie, is going to be the head of security. <laughs> He's going to be my head of security in his fancy, like, dark suit or whatever. Is he going to so. have sunglasses inside? Oh, I don't know. We, we, he, him and I have been talking about it a little bit. So we've got a couple like little things planned. I didn't think about the sunglasses thing though. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to tell him that. So I actually, when I, when I, um, I made up, I went on like staples.com and I got like a brass name tag made up. For, like, <laughs> it was like $7 and it says like Cersei Lannister CEO. That's nice. I was like, you, I, I almost just called him Jamie. I was like, Nick, you've got to get one of these made up as like head of security. <laughs> um, you know, so that's just like that, Thursday night. There, there are a lot of people that cosplay on Thursday night, but I'm, I'm actually kind of excited that I'm going with something a little like more dressed down for that night. And of course we've got a big group of people that are doing it too, which is that always makes it more fun when, uh, when you're with like a group of people wearing the same type of outfit or same, same genre or whatever. And, uh, and then of course, Saturday I'm doing the parade as Cersei, which is going to be just hot and miserable. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not looking forward to it to be completely honest. Uh, but it's, it's one of those things, like if you go to Dragon Con at some point, you've got to participate in the parade. And I, I missed it entirely last year. So this year I'm going to suck it up and be in the parade. And then that way next year I can say, screw it. I've done it once. I don't have to do it again. <laughs> um, and I'm wearing Cersei for a while after that. Uh, <clears throat> but I've got so many costumes. It's like, and also I probably would have. I probably would have worn my Cersei at Dragon Con a lot more if I hadn't just worn it for an entire weekend at Ice and Fire Con. 
I don't feel so bad kind of shoving it off to the side for other things at Dragon Con now. <laughs> yeah, it's just like now you have a place for it. It's time for the other things that you don't get to wear so often. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I mean, I may, um, I've been talking about a diff- doing a different sort of like modern Cersei thing for Saturday night just because uh, my... Saturday afternoon costume is not very comfortable. Um, it's just, it's, it's like a, it's like a Western style costume from the video game Red Dead Redemption. So like wearing it, wearing it all like Saturday afternoon and all night is just not appealing to me. So I, I may, if I can find a couple people who are willing to do like modern Game of Thrones again, I may do like another modern Cersei that night. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, for people who are interested in the photo shoot, when would they go and where for that? Well, um, I mean, the big one right now is scheduled at noon, um, fifth floor Hilton. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, not immediately after the parade, but very soon after. And, uh, you know, to be honest, like last year they did a second Game of Thrones shoot on Sunday. Um, they haven't, Nobody's planned that yet, though. I think I think the major issue is that nobody has stepped forward offering to kind of schedule it and be there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I personally don't have time for it, unfortunately. But uh, there's, there's the big photo shoot on Saturday. I mean, and also on um, Friday at 11.30 in the morning, the American Sci-Fi Fantasy Media Track is hosting like the official game of thrones like fan meetup or meet and greet or whatever and uh i'm sure that or I'm, I, I would hope that some people are going to go to that in costume i'm i'm honestly still torn about it as much as i feel like i should dress up as cersei for that thing like because uh, i'm i'm actually like the one that's kind of running it for the track mm-hmm. uh as much as i feel like i should dress up as cersei oh my god like that's another like 30 to 45 minutes of getting into the costume and the hair and the makeup and then getting out of it, you know, a little while later for another, like into another costume. So there's another like 30 to 45 minutes wasted changing costumes. And it's like, I just don't know if I can do it. <laughs> They're very happy you're in a host hotel. I take it. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, if I wasn't, I would not be doing I would not be doing more than one costume every single day. Like the, I, I may have been able to handle two costumes on like Saturday or Sunday, uh, but definitely not. I mean, I'm, I've got the one on Thursday and then two Friday, possibly three Saturday and two Sunday. I, that that's like all, almost too much. <laughs> no such thing. Well, it would, if, if I could like, if I could go up to my room and have somebody awaiting me <laughs> to, to, stri- yeah. to, to, to divest me of one costume and put me into another, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's, it's like the, it's the lacing up, which I, obviously I don't even do, you know, I need somebody to lace me up, but, uh, it's, it's the, the time consuming lacing up of the gowns, uh, for Cersei. And then of course the, uh, because I don't wear a wig, I wear extensions, and, you know, mine are, uh, I know you had the one that you wore, Ice and Fire Con, yeah, and that was mine, <laughs> yeah, and that was just, yeah, that was just one of them, mine are like the, you know, real hair ones, where they're, they're narrow little thin clips, man, I, I, they take me, I think on Saturday morning of Ice and Fire Con, I only put, like, 
I don't know, maybe half of them in. I actually had way less extensions in my hair that day than I did Friday, and it still took me like 25, 30 minutes to put them in my hair. <laughs> yeah, uh, my, uh, I have a Fluttershy cosplay, and it's like one of my favorites, but it takes me two hours to get into, so I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, you're not bringing it to Dragon Con then? No. They're it's actually... Just, it's two hours. I mean, it, it's... Yeah. It's a pain. And there's actually, there were, last year, there were a pretty good amount of My Little Pony cosplayers um, at Dragon Con. I remember seeing some. And that, then... That's another one thing. I, I made it the very first year the show came out, so it was, I, I feel like now it's oversaturated. <laughs> yeah. Before I was one of the few cosplayers, and now it's like Fluttershy everywhere. Yeah, when, uh, last year at Dragon Con, there were only like three Cersei cosplayers uh, that I that I know of. Um one that one that I I didn't see the, either one of the other two women that did it and uh, like the entire weekend, but I saw pictures of at least one of them and I think there were three total. But I mean this year, I mean just and and none of them were in the the costuming group on Facebook. So this year there's already like half a dozen girls like dressing up as Cersei, you know, for Dragon Con. I'm like crap. You know that that's awesome. I don't I don't give a crap. You know I I I love to see other other people and how they interpret it and and whatnot. Um, but it's I I like doing stuff that's different. Yeah. Like the the Starbucks costume. I love Starbucks. I love dressing up as her. But I put off having a Starbucks costume for so long because like everybody has a Starbucks costume. Yeah, I, I always try to find like the the otter characters, not the main characters, but you know supporting cast is what I like. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I aimed for with Cersei because, like, previously everybody was Daenerys. Yeah. And there will be six times as many Daenerys at Dragonheart <laughs> as there are Cersei's. I love that they there are so many <laughs> Daenerys that they have a collective. Now. Yes. A burning of Daenerys. He's got to, you know, form a hive mind. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so so. Yeah, there there were a lot of of Daener- <laughs> at uh, Dragon Con last year. I mean, on our at the photo shoot alone, there were like ten of them, and and I saw several other random ones around Dragon Con throughout the weekend last year. So, I'm just happy that now I'm seeing a lot more varieties in the costume. Mm-hmm. At first, it always seemed to be like just the two, and now there's a lot more. Well, you know, there's more of the, you know, there's more seasons, like more, more outfits for people to choose from. So, um, there, there, there does seem to be a plethora of the Karth dresses right now. Uh, but I, I'm sure, you know, I'm hoping at Dragon Con this year, we'll get to see a lot of the, of the season three sort of like tunic thing that she had going on. Cause that was really cool. So, uh, for fans of the series, do you have like things that you cannot miss if you are a Game of Thrones Song of Ice and Fire fan? Well, um, I because I don't know for sure what the fantasy lit track is doing uh, book-wise, I can't really speak for the for the book stuff that's going on, but I mean, you know that, you know, Thursday night we've got our basically a bunch of Game of Thrones Song of Ice and Fire fans are going to be hanging out drinking. So and and most of the people that I know that are going to that are people who are you know fans of the books. So there will there will definitely be plenty of book chatter there. Um, 
I would say, you know, if, if you're a fan of the show, the, the meet and greet on Friday is, is going to be a good, like laid back meet other fans time that's official. And it's going to be in the dragon con, like actual program and everything. Um, and, and the panels, uh, there is, like I said, there's that one with Natalia Tenya right now. It's scheduled for Sunday morning. I think the, the exact time escapes me, but it's on the, uh, the sci-fi media, uh, American sci-fi fantasy media website. Um, so they're going to have like a Q and a with her. And, uh, also they do, um, their game show of Thrones on Sunday night, which is hilarious. Uh, it's like a combination. It's, it's actually not much trivia. It's more like kind of crazy, like physical activities. Um, last year they did like, like a pin the tail on Joffrey or, or something like that. And, uh, or no, some, something about slapping Joffrey. I can't exactly remember, <laughs> but, uh, you know, th- this year, I think they're going to do some different stuff this year. And there's been some talks of like musical chairs using reins of Castamir and stuff like that. So, yeah. So I guess that kind of sums up Dragon Con then as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to, think of anything else that might have missed but I mean I, I, I'm going in kind of blind I don't really know what I, I should be asking or not it just seems so mess- massive yeah it, it is and uh, like I like I said you know with Dragon Con it's like you kind of have to have a plan of all the things you want to do and even if there's like some things that are at the same time as each other you know pick one that you'd prefer but then, like, if something if something goes wrong and you, and you miss getting in line in time, you know, for like one of the bigger panels, like the the one with Natalia Tenya, I guarantee you, people will be lining up for that at least an hour, if not more, if they're allowed in advance. Um, and if you don't get there at least an hour before, you're probably should have luck on on getting in. But uh, you know, other than that, like. There's so there's so much stuff going on. You just kind of got to have like a plan A and and at least a plan B, if not a plan C as well, so that if if you miss something, you know, you can always have something else to run off to and and do uh, or or take take that hour and sit because you you won't be doing much of that. <laughs> um. So then, moving on from Dragon Con, I believe there's another convention you're involved with. With tickets going on sale soon. Oh, Ice and Fire Con. For a second, I was like, how oh, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm like one track minding. <laughs> it's like, that's a whole yeah. year away. Why do I got to talk about that? No, I, yeah, that, oh gosh. Like, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm like so psyched about it, obviously, because this year was so, so much fun. And, and we're definitely, we're hopefully going to have more people next year. The one good thing is, while we will absolutely sell out of Ravenwood rooms probably within the first couple days of tickets going on sale, um, we do we did find a uh, closer overflow. It's still about five miles away, so it's still drive. It's still you'd have to drive. But uh, last year or this this year for this year, our uh, quote unquote official overflow was like nine miles away because there's nothing. You know, you've been there. There's nothing out there. Okay. Um, so we we did find a. a sort of it's not like Ravenwood because there's no castle but it's similar to their cabins and cottage setup that they have at Ravenwood and it's it's about the same price and and it is a lot closer and we've already talked to the owners and and as soon as we're we've sold out of of Ravenwood we'll you know advertise that as our official overflow and you know unfortunately we still are we still have to cap tickets right now we're being told 80 
We definitely can't fit more than 80 in for like the feast on Saturday night, but uh, we're hoping there, there's some things that we've been talking to Ravenwood about um, one being allowing people to camp on the grounds, which right now we're very, it's like very 50, 50. We're not sure if that's going to be allowed, um, you know, hence us finding a, a closer overflow, but uh, you know, we're hoping, hoping we can figure out a way to get, you know, be able to sell more than 80 tickets, but if not in the future, we may look into different venues simply because we don't want it to become a thing where it's, it's impossible. We don't want it to be like a teeny weeny Comic-Con where it's like impossible to get tickets. (laughs) For people, our, our forums are down and have been for quite a while now, which was mainly how people could find the information on how to get tickets and whatnot. Uh, how would you direct people who want to buy it, purchase a ticket when they go on sale? Well, they go on sale August 1st. Um, obviously, right now, I think we actually have it set up so it, it should schedule for them to go on sale at midnight, you know, as it turns from July 31st to August 1st. Um, we've been chatting about pushing that back to, like, like the morning of August 1st, like 9 or 10 a.m., uh, just for organizational purposes. Uh, but, you know... Other than that, um, you know, iceandfirecon.com is where they will be on sale. And there's a, you know, just go to the tickets link. You won't, you don't need an account on our website. We've got a feature where you can, you can make an account, but we actually don't, we had forums last year. We don't have them set up on the new domain, um, but hopefully we will, you know, within the next couple months. Um, but yeah, all, all they'll have to do is click on the tickets link to buy the tickets, you know, and uh, we we don't have tiered tickets this year. All the tickets are going to include the same thing. Um, just makes it easier on people for choosing because there won't be a choice. <laughs> we're very we're very iron thrown in that respect, I guess. Uh, but you know, that way they won't have to deal with like, oh, should I get this ticket or this ticket? Um, and then also uh, beyond that, we're, we're updating. There's a news page on the website that we've been keeping updated on a weekly basis. And also we have uh, an official Tumblr, um, which is just ice and firecon, all spelled out, uh, .tumblr.com. And then our, our Twitter handle is ice and firecon all spelled out as well. So, and if you, if they go to our website, there's buttons on there that lead you to the Facebook group, the Twitter page and the, and the Tumblr. And we're, we've been really good so far about updating those on a weekly basis with, you know, how many tickets are are left. Um, we're, we're getting down to like the wire with 2013 attendees. Uh, you know, most of the people, who have said that they are attending next year have already bought their tickets. And we still have, uh, right now we have 20 base price tickets left and, uh, an, an additional 20 on top of that. Um, which will unfortunately be a little more expensive. Um, I don't really want to get into pricing right now because we're not sure exactly how that's going to, you know, basically once the base ticket prices are gone, it'll switch, it'll automatically switch to the higher price. Um, but for right now, because we still haven't gotten, because the 2013 people haven't all bought their tickets, we're kind of, kind of keeping the price thing on the down low. And, and the only reason there is a difference in price is because Ravenwood is, um, capping, like we have a 60 
our, our facility fee covers 60 people. So the additional 20 people, they're charging us an extra per person fee for that. So we have to cover that somehow. <laughs> uh, and when they buy the ticket, that's not including their room. So right. Yeah. We'll another process they have to go through. To yeah. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as they buy the ticket, um, you know, with, within like within a couple hours, they'll get an email that has the details on how to book a room, which will include like the con code, which they'll need, uh, to give Ravenwood when they call. And, um, we've also at least, uh, at least the first, you know, day that tickets are on sale, we will be able to tell people what rooms at Ravenwood are still available right now. I mean, I can say we have, there's a gypsy wagon, which sleeps like at least four people. There's four castle rooms and like Ravenwood's website say all the castle rooms sleep too, but that's not, they, that's because they only have one bed per room. You know, if people ha don't mind sleeping on the floor and, or, you know, can bring air mattresses and stuff, um, they will, most of those rooms will sleep four to six people in the castle. And then, uh, there's two cabins just down the hill, like walking distance. Uh, left and those sleep four people each. Like they do have the beds and everything for four people. So, um, and then of course, like I said, we'll as soon as as soon as Ravenwood is once we get down to like there's only one or two rooms left at Ravenwood, we'll we'll put all the information up for our overflow. Uh, we ha we have a guarantee that we have to meet with Ravenwood on the rooms. So. Even though, even though the price is the same for these other cabins and stuff, we don't want people thinking, oh, well, I should just book an overflow because Ravenwood's going to be sold out, and then we end up <laughs> not booking Ravenwood fully. <laughs> so, uh, Well, if for people who are traveling, if they ended up not getting a room at Ravenwood and they don't have a car, do they have options? Well, I mean, yeah, like my, my first thing would be, um, I mean, honestly for anybody, especially somebody who's like traveling by him or herself would be to, um, go on the Facebook group and, uh, we're going to, we have a room share document up there. Um, you know, so we, we're going to, we can't force anybody to share rooms, but you know, we've already got several of, of the attendees from last year who got in contact with each other and, and, decided on a room share. Um, and I know like we will right now we have seven people in the ma main, like silversmith cottage. Um, you know, so worse comes to worse, we could, we could definitely fit another person in there and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that as long as people are willing to share rooms, which, uh, we did have several people who'd never met each other before, uh, sharing rooms this year, then, then that's, you know, as, as always, as long as there's people willing to share their rooms, that's always an option. Um, and again, there's always a slight chance that we'll be able to get Ravenwood to, to let us, you know, allow people to, to camp somehow. So we'll see. <laughs> All right. I had a great time this past one. Do you have any major plans set up yet for next year? Well, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be very, very similar in, uh, you know, t to this year that we, we are changing some things, uh, like the panels because we are so small, there's really not a need for there to be like 
panels with official panelists per se. Um, so the panels are going to kind of be more like discussions. Um, and we were tossing around some ideas on whether we're going to do specific themes like we did this year or whether we're going to do maybe just theme one panel around the show and the other five around each of the books. Um, you know, that way it's, it's easier to like break things down. Uh, I think with the series, if you're sticking <laughs> per book or whatever, but, uh, you know, that, that's something we're kind of tossing around, but it definitely will be more of like a round table discussion thing. We'll probably have one or two, um, <clears throat> facilitators for each panel or discussion, whatever round table discussion. Uh, but they will be more on hand to like, kind of field like, questions and, and making sure people aren't talking over each other and, and stuff like that um, rather than sitting up there and, and talking for 30 or 40 mm -hmm. minutes. Um, again, just because we're so small, it's just, I mean, we had, we only had like three panels out of the six that were, I would call them crowded. And even those, not every single person that was at the convention was there. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's really necessary to be so strict about it. Um, and of course we'll do the tournament again because I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, we didn't seem to have much interest in it before the convention. And then of course we all got to the tournament and it was like, Whoa, <laughs> people are signing up. Everyone's signing up. Yeah. Last minute and everything. So, um, so that will definitely happen again in a costume contest, uh, which there'll probably be some differences in the tournament and costume contest as well, just from an organizational standpoint, uh, and the nightlife stuff, um, you know, we're probably going to do karaoke again one night, but, uh, we're going to, a lot of people seem to just want to play like cards against Westeros and, and the drinking board game that, that Murphy, our friend Murphy made. So, uh, We'll probably put a little more focus on that stuff. Um, of course, we've got the big, like, feast on Saturday night again. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, oh, and, and you guys will have, like, another podcast of Ice and Fire, like, little 30-minute, like, Q&A thing, we'll, I'm sure. We'll, we'll actually plan for it this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, I mean, that was because you guys, uh, we had already, like, set the schedule before you guys decided to come. So it was kind of, like, uh, three weeks over the convention. I was like, oh, we, great. We have, like, we, we actually have, like, an open, like, 30 minutes. You guys want to do this? <laughs> well, um, well, the thing was, like, no, no one really knew us except for a few people. Right. And then everyone showed up. Yep. <laughs> like, how do we talk about the podcast? with people who don't know the podcast. <laughs> uh, but it was good, though. I mean, that, that a lot of, it was great that a lot of people seemed, you know, interested in it. Uh, hopefully it gained you guys a few more listeners. And, uh, and then um, Alex from Tower of the Hand is coming next year as well. So he'll probably, yeah, he'll probably have something. Uh, he'll probably have a similar thing, whether he does it by himself or, or maybe with Amin, since Amin... Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on documenting their buddy romance. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, so, so I was actually... I'm excited that, that, you know, we've got somebody from one of the... another one of the major, like, websites that, that's going to come, um, you know, just, just for... I mean, I... I my knowledge of the series is good, I think, but like compared to like, I'm sure oh, Alex. Hand is going to yeah. School us all. <laughs> I mean, like he he <laughs> he schooled everybody. So, 
uh, it, was, it was actually kind of funny. Like, I think there was one of the panels that me and him and Valerie did together. And it was just basically like him and Valerie going back and forth, like <laughs> not arguing, but, but like, no, I'm right. No, I'm right. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's, you guys are both right. <laughs> I actually think Amin was right. <laughs> but <laughs> don't tell him that. But, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, we'll have like, we'll definitely have, you know, something, something going on with, with Alex and or Amin, you know, in regards to Tower of the Hand and, and, uh, of course you guys having your little Q and A and, uh, we've, we've, we've got so, you know, we, we've got so many ideas kind of running, you know, between us volunteers, as you know, from like the volunteer group on Facebook that, uh, I think that it's going to be another, uh, the, the, you know, the, the one thing people said this year, it, and it was like not a complaint, but it was, was that like, there's too many things going on and I have to choose between things and I don't want to have right. to choose. Yeah. Yeah. We had like, uh, but there weren't it, any things going on at the same time. Or like, yeah, I, I think it, it was, I think it was mostly the board game tournament versus the night panels and, and the late night, like drinking activities. And then, um, also on Saturday, there was uh, there was a panel that was at the same time as the Targaryen gathering. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. And uh, and also uh, like the Lannister, the little like like or well, it, the powerhouses of Westeros, aka Lannisters, are awesome <laughs> gathering. Uh, that one, I mean, we were like, I think somebody realized it was like five after six and was like, crap, it's five after six. The costume contest, it may have been you, but <laughs> somebody was like, crap, the costume contest is starting. We've got to go. And I was like, but we're having so much fun drinking <laughs> and being awesome. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah. And, and also the one thing I am, you know, excited about for next year is I've mentioned our cottage several times, um, you know, cause we've got the big silversmith cottage, which, uh, has like a big back porch and it's also way larger on the inside than the cottage that, you know, you and I stayed in this year was. So, um, we're going to, we did have a couple people staying in the castle kind of saying, you know, things went on a little late, uh, a little loud, um, in the, in the bar area. Uh, so we're going to try, you know, to move stuff out of the castle by like midnight or 1230 every night. Uh, and then, you know, cause we can do the, the board games and stuff down at the silversmith cottage and, and have our own alcohol and, <laughs> and, um, Mimi might be coming. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you had said that to me previously. That's, that's awesome. Another, uh, Podcast of Ice and Fire guests would definitely be a plus. I'm guessing that that got discussed uh, earlier. They podcast together, and I wasn't there, so I'm guessing I just got like a little message saying she might go convince her, <laughs> remind her to email Tara. Yes, so. yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I guess you know she, you guys know her, so it's up to you guys to convince her to go. But, but I mean. You know, two, two and a half days of, or two days of, of ice and saga ice and fire themed debauchery. Who can say yeah, no to that? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like, where sh- she'll decide she's going last minute after like all the tickets are sold, and then everyone else is gonna be like, but now I want to go. Show her, show her pain is pleasure. Just don't tell Dom. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I know I still haven't like, I still haven't finished the, the, the video. Like I wanted to kind of do, uh, I wanted to do one that had clips from, from the, uh, 
from the panels and stuff. And I just, I just, it's so time consuming. And, uh, at the moment, uh, my house is torn to bits and, and, <laughs> and I'm working two jobs. So it just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go too much into the convention since it's so far away and I'm sure there'll be lots more ideas coming up in the future. I definitely wanted to get information about the tickets out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, August 1st, they'll, they'll be up on the website. Um, and we'll, you know, we will, at least a couple of days beforehand, we'll have like a like updates on our Twitter and Tumblr and stuff that kind of say like if we've changed the time from midnight to like nine or ten in the morning on on August first, which I, I really think we're probably gonna do. I uh, it was set up automatically at midnight, and and I just I, personally, who the heck stays up till midnight on a work night? I mean, I don't. So. <laughs> yeah, especially with different time zones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is East Coast time. I will say that. So if it's if it's nine a.m. East Coast time, then it's six a.m. Pacific. But <laughs> or if you're in Europe, I, I don't know why anybody from Europe would fly to Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> well, they've got you know, well they've got ThroneCon in London, but that's more like Game of Thrones themed. Um, I may go to that next year though. I'm 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 I will probably go to that next year. <laughs> I have a friend who's trying to convince, two friends who are trying to convince me, so. Expensive. Well, it's the flight that's so expensive. Well, the good thing, it is expensive, but the good thing is it's in, like, March or, or end of February, so it's, like, off-season or whatever. So you can get, I mean, I, I can get a flight from, like, Charlotte, North Carolina for, like, $800, which for Europe is, like, cheap, yeah. um, you know, so I, I think that, and I've never been to England, so I figured I'll make a I'll like make a week and, and spend four or five days in London, and then go to the convention for a couple of days and come home. Yeah, because I'd go to Harry Potter cons, and there'd be people flying in from like Australia and Germany and from Britain. And I was like, oh my god! I thought I was spending a ton to fly to this. You're coming from the other side of the world. Yeah, and there's like I didn't realize how many nothing get off the Game of Thrones subject. There are a lot of Harry Potter conventions. <clears throat> uh, there's a couple a year. <laughs> there, well, there's like a couple in, in Ohio, oh. and then at, at castles, uh, not Ravenwood, but uh, and then there's there's one that was in New Hampshire this year that one of my one of my friends from Greenville actually went all the way to New Hampshire, and then there was another like. Uh, like like faux Quidditch thing that happened down yeah. in Orlando back in April. Uh, but Orlando, I mean that that with with Wizarding World, that's got to be like kind of yeah con central like con central like leaky con. They put on like the big one, mm-hmm. and, and they're pretty much sticking with uh, Orlando these days. Yeah, and Orlando Orlando's great though because it's really not that expensive of a place to travel to. Yeah, everyone goes there, right? So. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the the hotels I I don't know where LeakyCon is held but I'm guessing it's you know if it's, it's it, yeah it's the, they probably have hotels on International Drive you can get con rates you know at, the the con rates for MegaCon started at like eighty nine bucks a night for a room that slept four people like that's nothing yeah no that's real good that's way cheaper I mean sure. to be honest like Ravenwood I mean their their rooms aren't they're cheaper than DragonCon but uh, I mean DragonCon rooms you know, yeah. are all about 200 a night, no matter how you swing it. Uh, so, but I mean, you know, Raven consumes aren't exactly cheap. <laughs> I didn't, 
Well, I guess it depends on where you're used to. I mean, I yeah, it, anything under 120 a night, you're doing good. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. And when you when you room share, you know, like we had four people in that cabin, so I don't even remember what was it like 115 a person for the weekend, and uh, you know, so so that was that wasn't too bad uh, yeah, and, you, and that's a cottage too mm-hmm. it's, it's not a room it's you know you got your own little kitchen and well kitchen in quotation marks but still you've got a microwave <laughs> <laughs> you got a microwave and a little mini fridge <laughs> and a sink yes yes yeah and the bathtub was nice too yeah yeah all the all the rooms at raven would have those crazy like uh giant you know spa tubs and stuff like it's, it's that. the bed and breakfast ba- bathroom yeah. For the couples. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. You know, we, we tried to push that people. It's like, you know, you've got, you're not just getting a, a hotel room, you're getting breakfast included and, and all that stuff. So it, it, isn't, it isn't a cheap hotel, but, um, you know, for, for what you pay for what you get, you know, you're getting a big, even the rooms in the castle that say they only sleep too. Like I said, they're huge. They're big rooms. Yeah. I know that, that uh, I think it was James, KK, Carly, and. Yeah, theirs is the room I saw. It was yeah, huge. Yeah, and they had four people in there, and they probably could have fit a second air mattress and had five or six, like, and had it Easy. still be comfortable. So, um, you know, so th- there's there's fewer rooms, but like I said, hopefully room sharing will be able to to get you know a few more people willing to kind of cram cram a few more souls into their into their rooms if need be. <laughs> Oh, that, that reminded me of one more thing. Uh, phone access. Mm. Yes. <laughs> well, um, the phone access, we there's really nothing to do about that because they're in the middle of, of like a, a, nope. a natural. They're in the middle of like a like a park, like a state park. So there's there's no cell phone access really at all. Um, Ravenwood does allow you to use their phone, like their their actual landline phone, at at pretty much any time you want um, for free, uh, so long as you're calling within like the United States. Um, internet, uh, they were they were trying to get better internet. They've pretty much said they don't think that's going to happen because the the cable or DSL companies or whatever are, are refusing to run lines because it's too expensive. We will, however, uh, probably, what we'll probably do is, is the convention will purchase extra bandwidth for Ravenwood next year. And, um, if we do that, uh, we'll have a sort of internet cafe set up where we'll bring, you know, I, I have like a, I have an extra laptop I use that has like no personal stuff on it. Um, so if I bring that and hook it up to their internet and, and we'll have to limit access, you know, people won't be able to be like uploading stuff and downloading stuff. And, uh, it'll probably be like time limits. Um, like I said, internet, internet cafe, you know, if you've ever been to Europe or, or overseas and, and, you know, use an internet cafe over there, you, you spend like $10 or whatever and get so much you know, 15, 20 minutes worth of access. So at least people will be able to check email and, and if they really need to check Facebook, um, you know, but to be honest, like even when we mentioned in the, uh, ice and firecon Facebook group that we were going to do something like that for next year, most people said that 
you know, while at times it was a little bit frustrating that, that they had no way to, to connect with the outside world or, or check email or whatnot, most people seemed to like the fact that they were, you know, kind of cut off because yeah. it, they're, it they're forced... not texting in co- full costume. Ex- yeah. <laughs> well, they're not, not texting and not, not, you know, constantly on Facebook updating statuses and, and checking stuff. You know, it, it, it really, I don't want to use the word forced cause that makes it sound so bad, but it did, it forced people to, to spend time, you know, getting to know each other. And I think that's a big part of why we all became, you know, I mean, so many of us were, were like one big, like close knit 60 person group. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, I guess, another thing. If, if if you're shy and you don't know anyone who's going, you're, you're, you'll make friends. Even oh, yeah, yeah. If you like the yeah. show, you'll be able to start a conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's very, uh, it, it, it's, that's, you know, the, the, the good thing is it was such a good mix of, you know, I think we had a few people who are a little bit quieter and, and whatnot, but there's, there were, so many really great outgoing people that attended that are, that are going to be back next year. And, uh, you always have something to talk about cause y'all love the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's definitely a lot, uh, a lot, a lot different than, than a big convention where you may meet somebody and talk to them for 10 minutes and never see them again. You know, whereas this, this with ice and fire con, you know, even if, even if you're shy, there's always going to be somebody that's, that's going to spark up a conversation with you and, and whatnot. So, and we had, I mean, gosh, we had a lot of people that came like alone, like not knowing anybody else this year. So it, it, it didn't really seem that way because no one was ever really alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you know, the, there were, there were a few like small groups of people, like there were several of us that knew each other from, from like Dragon Con and, and other conventions and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, as a whole, uh, I doubt there were, there were more, I doubt there were more than like three or four people there who, who knew more than three or four other people. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely, definitely, uh, definitely different <laughs> and a great, great way to get to know other fans, honestly. Yeah. And be upset that you don't all live in the same place. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I know. It's like, I, I haven't, uh, you know, I'll, so, so many of the people that live in like Ohio, I'm like, I want to go back to Ohio just so I can like <laughs> hang out with some of these. I want to go. I have, I have like other friends not out, out, you know, outside of this that live in Chicago, but like, I want to go to Chicago and hang out with like, you know, Keith and Steve and all. Them. Uh-huh. And especially, it especially sucks that, that a lot of the people don't go to conventions, you know, so I probably, you know, we won't, I probably won't see most of these people until Ice and Fire Con next year. <laughs> it's sad. Uh, any final thoughts at all or we uh, about everything we could think of yeah we did like like I said you know like we love Ravenwood so 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 much um but unfortunately you know if if we with tickets going on sale August 1st I can pretty much tell you that by September we will know whether or not for for 2015 we have to try to find somewhere a little bit bigger that maybe won't be is awesomely themed or whatever, but we just, we don't want to become, you know, one of those things where it's impossible to, to get, you know, a room to get a ticket. And that's, that's, that's no fun because you always want to meet new people and stuff. So, and and And, the more people you get, the more money you have to spend on spending more money on people. 
Yes. That makes sense. Uh, I mean, we're, we, we do, we did this at cost this year and it's going to be basically at cost next year. You know, we, we had, actually we were, con- we were contacted by like the guy who, this guy who's like an agent for uh, Christian Nairn and um, the guy who plays Serial Pharrell and everything. And it's like, as awesome as it would be to get, you know, people like that to come uh, with as small as we are, we would have to be charging like, $150 a ticket just to have one of these guests come, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, I guess it would be cool to, to you, that you, you could get an autograph from Christian Nairn and get a picture of Christian Nairn and hang out with him all weekend. But, uh, it's, it's just, it's just not, it's not really, I, I don't know if I can ask people for that much money. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 uh, we had people it's it, this year it's, it's, uh, or for, for next year, it's already not so bad. But I mean, when we were selling tickets for this year's convention, we definitely had people that were like $75, $80. What are you guys doing? Yeah, I, so. I think people just don't realize uh, costs because, okay, like I go to an anime convention, which is thousands of people and the ticket price is pretty damn low. Right. If you go to a Harry Potter convention, you're, you're talking $200 a ticket for your regular admission. Oh wow! Like, okay, like that's that's your normal Harry Potter convention. So when people complain about prices, I'm just like, eh, I can't really feel your, where you're coming from. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's you know, like like ThroneCon in London. That's about what their ticket prices are. They're about two hundred, two hundred and fifty dollars a person. Um, I'm granted they they do it in pounds, so it's it looks less when they're like, your ticket's only one hundred and ten pounds. But then you do <laughs> then you yeah. do the math, and you're like, oh Wait god. <laughs> But, uh, you know, they, they also have like guests from the show there and stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it's in a big convention hotel, uh, and whatnot. So, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a fight between how, how big do we really want this to get, you know, and, and lose some of the, some of the really awesome stuff that can only happen at a small convention. Well, I, I think, uh, you can still do all the stuff at a small, at a big convention. It's just there'll be more of it. Yeah, like yeah. More people in different groups. I, I yeah. guess you, you run the risk of cliques forming and don't want something like that to happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I, I think that's going to happen almost regardless. But, uh, you know, that's that's why I think, you know, for, for Ice and Fire Con next year, it's going to be good because we do have some people who came this year who aren't going to be able to make it back next year because they've got other things going on and stuff, which opens up tickets, you know, for new people. Plus, you know, us being, uh, us being this being our first year, as soon as we sold out of Ravenwood accommodations, we kind of were like, we have to stop selling tickets. Um, so we actually could have sold like 20 more tickets, but we didn't because we knew they wouldn't be able to get a room at Ravenwood. And, uh, you know, we're obviously we're not, we've got the full 80 tickets and we're going to sell the full 80 tickets this year probably. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's different. It's different when you're not staying on Ravenwood property and, and that's unfortunately, you know, something we have to, we have to fight with. So, (laughs) but be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's, it's definitely good that we were able to find an overflow that's that's a lot closer to Ravenwood. So, I mean, five miles, that's not, well, 
Yeah, I think I'm thinking the, kilometers. Are kilometers longer than miles? <laughs> uh, no, they are shorter. Okay, so yeah, okay. Um, it's it, five miles on those windy roads. It's probably like a ten to twelve minute drive. But you know, for this year, the Overflow Hotel was like ten miles away, and because of because of where it is and the way the roads are down there, I mean, that was like a twenty minute drive. So we're at least, or at the very least, cutting the Overflow Drive in half. So. <laughs> The, the roads, because it is kind of off nowhere, it, the, especially the road going up into it, it it's it's uh, not for the faint of heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a one. It's definitely a one-lane road, as some of our guests found out to their consternation. <laughs> I can't even remember who it was, but somebody somebody ran off the road, uh, not drinking or anything, just uh, two cars trying to fit down a road that doesn't fit two cars. <laughs> I guess on that frightening note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, don't run off the road, guys. <laughs> it's really not a road; it's a driveway. We should, we should. Uh, it's a driveway, and it, it actually did. It, it does have like a little roundabout area, so it is. It is absolutely possible to get in and out of there without running off the road. <laughs> you um, just have to keep an eye on who's coming up the road. <laughs> yeah, someone's coming towards you. Don't keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Yep. All right. Uh, thank you for joining me and being able to talk conventions. Yeah, no problem. Hopefully we answered a lot of questions that we had. Um, and, of course, uh, you, you have all that contact information. Yeah, if yeah. If there's more that people need to know about. Because normally I just direct people towards our forums, but I have no idea when they're coming back. Yeah, and, and we're we're very quick and good about getting back to people's um you know emails and stuff like that so you can they can send us like a an ask on tumblr or send us an email directly <clears throat> to the ice and fire con at gmail.com and and you know we're the absolute longest i think it's ever taken us is like a day to get back to somebody so okay well, thank you no problem have a good night thank you.